Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood. We're talking about a movie called Nemesis. It is directed by Albert Pune, who has directed every cyborg movie you've ever fucking seen in your entire life. <laughs> That's true. That is true. He's directed a, an, a preponderance of cyborg movies. <laughs> he even directed Cyborg. The definitive cyborg movie, really. That was the definitive one, because Blade Runner is not a cyborg movie. Blade Runner is an android movie. And his very first movie was a sword and sorcery movie called The Sword and the sword Sorcerer. And, the sorcerer. <laughs> and because he directed it, I actually want it. Shout Factory is actually, they put it out and I might actually get it because... I was already considering throwing down on it because I watched it when I was in junior high school and I loved it back then. But I also know that my taste in junior high school was pretty shitty. <laughs> I liked a lot of stuff that has not aged well. But then I saw that this dude had directed it and as much fun as Nemesis was, I definitely... I'm ready to throw down on that Shout Factory 4K once I get paid, assuming I can fit it into the budget. Just if if you're in, if if we're talking about this movie, if you're here, you probably know what this movie is, or you think we're talking about Resident Evil. Oh, uh, you gonna introduce the show and us? By the way. Oh well, I did. I I did. I did the show intro. I don't I, think you did. I did. I said it. I, I did it. I did it. He's fucking delusional. I bought him a large coffee from fucking McDonald's, and this thing is gigantic. If you ever had a large like Coke from there, it's that. That size and it's half gone right now and he's okay he's, fair enough i'm a little <laughs> off my game today i'm i'm not at my sharpest right now i haven't slept well all week his brain is turning to mush he's he is the donald trump of sharks across hollywood right now <laughs> either way i'm gonna go on i'm gonna go on some kind of trump rant at this point where i'm gonna start making all these nonsensical connections and by the end i'm gonna be making some point that will make no sense given where we started <laughs> And you're going to have to cut around that shit and try and figure out a way to either cut it out and still keep the logical flow of the conversation or edit it in so that it remains entertaining, at least. Well, that's the Rev across from me losing his fucking mind. I'm just sleep deprived, <laughs> that's all. I'm, I'm just sleep deprived. I'm Andrew. Again, this is Sharks Cross Hollywood. He doesn't believe me that I introduced us already, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm just skeptical, that's all, okay? I'm not saying I you're lying. I'm just saying I think you may be mistaken. And clearly, I am the one who should be judging these things at this point. Because yeah, I am very together right now. But it's okay. It's okay, because we're going to have fun. Because this movie's fun. Nemesis is fun. We're going to talk about the movie, but I'm probably going to end up talking for 20 to 30 minutes before we actually start talking about the movie, about all the actors in this movie that I love so much. There are so fucking many of them. This is just a cavalcade of of B-movie stars. And this motherfucker has directed so many movies that I just... Okay, okay I'm just, we're, we're going to talk about Albert Pune just, just for a second. Okay, so Alien from L.A., a Vinegar Syndrome release that everybody's like, don't get it. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm getting it because it looks awesome. No, I absolutely picked that up. <laughs> I just watched like the little snippet of video that they had on it and I'm like, fuck, this looks awesome. Like, I'm sure it's terrible. Don't get me wrong. But it looks terrible in the best possible way. We get to do a... a a few degrees of separation from weird science, I just realized also. Oh, okay. Because Albert Pune directed, he was uncredited, of course, but he directed Journey to, A Journey to the Center of the Earth adaptation in 1988, which stars, I think his name is Ian Mitchell Smith, who plays Wyatt in the Weird Science movie. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I know anything else that that guy is in. Well, it's his, it's the same 
picture. He looked exactly like he did in Weird Science. Well, I'm not sure that he did a whole lot after that. <laughs> he did. It's not Sharks Cross Hollywood if there's not a Weird Science connection at this point. He was in Superboy. Oh, Jesus. I don't care about that guy's IMDb. <laughs> Take us back to Albert Pune. Anyways, Albert Pune. Cyborg, of course. Captain America. Yes. From oh. 1990. Oh, that 1990 Captain America is so bad. Oh, and it's so good. Like, it's such good bad. I haven't watched it since I was a little kid. Did you know that uh, J.D. Salinger's son is Captain America? Really? Yeah. I was Tell me not that's not the weirdest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I watched it right before this. Remember the superhero stinker fest we yes. did? Yes. I watched it right before that, and it is it is solid gold, man. That yeah. movie is solid B movie gold. Matt Salinger. He directed Kickboxer 2, which I fucking love. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> And I just watched it recently. With Sasha Mitchell. Because I started watching uh, Step by Step and Cody, uh, Sasha Mitchell comes in at like episode six, seven. Oh, wow. He wasn't in. No. Because he, he was the, he was like. He was the breakout The star. breakout guy yeah. from Step by Step. It yeah. took a minute. And because huh. the show was like, okay, this is fine. And then he shows, I'm like, I'm going to watch until at least he gets there. Then he gets there and I'm like, in. Because he's the only person making me laugh right now. Yeah, he was the he was the Urkel. He was the Latka. He was the Fonzie. He was the he was the breakout guy. Urkel actually shows up in the show in yeah, two episodes, which is funny. So Kickboxer Two, which I, I did, I just watched this recent, uh, just the other day, and I I like it so much. It's so dumb. Sasha Mitchell is in one of his more recent ones too. I can't remember which one, but it's like one of the last three he did. Do you mean? Are you talking about Cyborg Nemesis? That might be. It's it. not. A, I don't think it exists yet, technically. Oh really? Oh no. so just. One of those ones that maybe got lost in production hell. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a crossover between Cyborg, Cyborg and Nemesis, Nemesis, and I'm yes. like, I'm fucking sold. Yeah, you didn't have to, you didn't no. have to pitch me further than that. Blood Match, Dollman, Nemesis, of course, Brain Smasher, a love story. Oh my god, starring Andrew Dice Clay. Oh shit. Oh yeah, that is Andrew Dice Clay. Jesus Christ. Oh, and then he skipped Kickboxer three, and then he directed Kickboxer four, The Aggressor. Is that the one that's after Sasha Mitchell died? No, that is. The last one was Sasha Mitchell, and then in the fifth one, then he dies. Okay, my mistake. Hong Kong 97. Hong Kong 97 is a video game. I don't know what that means. Okay, anyways, he directed all the Nemesis movies, of course, and then it just goes down a rabbit hole of movies you probably haven't heard of, but you saw at the video store. Yeah. You 100% saw Ticker at the fucking video store in 2001. Mean Guns, Blast, Omega Doom. Yeah, it was all there. Max Havoc, Curse of the Dragon. Yes, please. (laughs) Aliens Gone Wild, Left for Dead. I have actually seen that cover a bunch. Death Heads. Brain Drain from 2018. That sounds insane. The Kickboxer, Algiers, and that's Sasha Mitchell was supposed to be in that too. That's in Uh, pre-production. So that one's also probably not happening. Cyborg, Rise of the Flesh Eaters, Cyborg Nemesis, The Dark Rift. Keep that brain functioning for a few more years, man. We, we I need all three of those movies. Get, get us those movies, Albert. Please. So Albert <clears throat> Pune's already awesome. I've only seen two of three of his movies. I think I've seen about that many. Yeah. But uh, I, I know a lot of the others by reputation. I do have to see Brain Smasher, A Love Story at some point. Doesn't that, that sound awesome? Title. It's not going to live up to the title, though. And it's the one he did immediately after Nemesis. And Knights. You're the one who sent yeah, me the trailer Yeah, I want to see Knights you? so that fucking much. That movie looks fucking amazing there's no reason oh and it's got the chick from uh from the other nemesis movies um speaking of i i looked up nemesis just so i'm like oh i'm gonna watch some behind the scenes stuff or whatever on youtube and this dude did like a retrospective of all the nemesis movies and i'm like okay cool i'll just get to check it out whatever he's like nemesis one was fine the second one was okay the third one was okay by the time it got to the fourth one it seemed like really small and stuff i'm like yeah probably but then he's like then they made a fifth one apparently there's a fifth one also not directed by him by albert directed 
Oh, no, that's right. He said he directed the first four. Yeah. And then he's like, there was just too much like nudity in it. And it was because she's like really buff. And he's oh, like, Jesus. I don't really like buff girls like that. So this guy really can my fuck thing. right off. <laughs> I'm like, so so she's intimidating is what you're saying. You'd oh, like... she's definitely intimidating. Have you seen some of the clips? Holy <laughs> yes. fucking shit. But I, I'll, I'll tell I like you what. It. Whatever she had, whatever she told me, I would be doing because I would not want to fuck with that one. <laughs> I really want she her. She looks like she could break both of us in half with one hand at the same time. I want her to be the chick in the, in the yellow galactic sentinel costume. Anyways, let's switch to some actors here because. There are a lot of them. Specifically the ones that I, that you, you'll probably, you'll probably care about different ones, but I specifically carry Hiroyuki Tagawa. Absolutely. Apparently yes. one of my favorite fucking actors ever because I love him in everything. I literally. I literally only knew him as Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. Like, that was the only thing I could identify him as in my head. But he's been in fucking tons of stuff. That dude is all over the place. I am going to talk about him for a second. So the first time I ever saw him was in Mortal Kombat, right? This guy's such a fucking good actor. He's in all these dumb, cheesy, fucking stupid movies. But then every once in a while, he'll... He has range, too. He has he has this weird amount of yeah. range. If you've ever seen him in anything, he's in vampires and shit. She doesn't do much, but he just, he's there to get killed. I think. John Carpenter's vampires? Yeah. Wow, I completely forgot he was in that. But I haven't watched that since the 90s, I think. When I was a kid, he was this evil, maniacal, crazy villain guy. He's Shang Tsung. Yeah. He's in Showdown in Little Tokyo. And what does he do? He plays the fucking bad guy. He plays the That psycho. was the other thing I knew him from. I fucking knew I knew him from something else. Showdown in Little Tokyo. That was it. And I find it really funny that in this movie, he's doing this Hawaiian accent, acting opposite <laughs> the guy who played Chosen in, yep. uh, Karate, <laughs> in Kid Karate Kid 2. 2, who is called, his name is Yuji Okamoto. A Obviously, few, I got very excited when I saw Chosen. <laughs> a Obviously, few years later, these two would end up playing a father and son in a Disney Channel original movie called Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> no shit which probably will be it's one of, it's probably my second favorite decom that i've ever seen uh brink being the first one and wait wait what's decom disney oh, disney com disney. yeah it's it's like a genre all on its own i haven't watched enough of them yeah. to have a shorthand for it in my <laughs> mind but i know you have so they they play a father and son and he is this sweet fucking like he is such a charming motherfucker in this movie <laughs> and i'm like dude i want him to be my grandpa <laughs> and he's got this Hawaiian thing. It's like this character like chilled out in his old age. The character really? in this movie, yeah. Nice. And he's such a sweet old dude. And I'm like, this motherfucker. And then <laughs> and then cut to the 21st century, and he's playing a really subdued, kind of mellow role in The Man in the High Castle. Oh, see, I haven't seen Man in the High Castle. And I'm like, holy shit, is there anything this dude cannot do? Seriously. Apparently not. So like he's just kind of one of my favorite actors that I always kind of forget about until I see him in stuff. <laughs> he is he is definitely a solid character actor. Yuji Okamoto, on the other hand, not in as many good things. Is that the guy who played Chosen? That's Chosen. He's obviously, he's in Johnny Tsunami. He's in Karate Kid 2. He's in Better Off Dead. Jesus, really? Yes. <laughs> Does he snowboard in Better Off Dead? No, they don't have snowboarding in Better Off Dead. It's skiing in Better Off Dead. Oh, fuck. And sorry. Uh, no, he plays, he plays uh, one of a pair of brothers who are constantly challenging John Cusack's character to race. And the running joke is that these guys learned how to speak English from listening to Howard Cosell. And so everything they say is like this. That's pretty funny. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm sold. He was in a Crow movie. Which one? The fourth one. Okay, Wicked so Prayer with uh, Edward Furlong. Edward Furlong and Tara Reid. <laughs> so the one you probably don't need to see. <laughs> and Danny Trejo is there also. Really? I was not aware of that. At the same time, Danny Trejo will kind of be in anything if the paycheck is right. Fuck it. Why not, right? Yeah, I mean. But you know what? Watch it. Watch the Crow Wicked Prayer and just cuz. It's real funny. He's he puts on this southern like this this cowboy accent and I'm like fuck yeah. Huh. I'm 
I'm sold. Anyways, those are those are my favorite actors from the movie. Oh man, like you haven't even you haven't even <laughs> oh. begun. Oh wait, nope, I'm missing one. I'm missing two. Jackie Earl Haley, of course, shows yes. up at the end. Rorschach, among other things. Fucking Freddy Krueger. He was Freddy Krueger. That's what everybody knows him as. There you go. That's. <laughs> That's, that's the best thing he's ever done. Oh, man. That is that just makes me sad. That just makes my heart frown. <laughs> Do you know who's in this fucking movie? The Punisher. Yes, Thomas Jane. Uh, he pops up, and I'm like, is that him? <laughs> and then, then he starts talking. I'm like, that's not him. Why does he it sound like that? Because he's 15 years younger I know. than you've ever heard him before. I know. And I'm, but I'm just like, why, does he, why is he talking like that? Why, <laughs> why is his voice so high-pitched? What is he doing? <laughs> Because I only ever saw him in movies after The Punisher, except for yeah. one. I saw The Sweetest Thing, which is the ro- a rom-com he did right before The Punisher. I tell you why. It's because he hasn't chain-smoked himself into, <laughs> into that throaty, deep voice that he has now. Yeah, and now nobody gives a shit about Tom Jane anymore. Like, which is a shame, because he is a rock-solid actor. <laughs> like, he's good in everything. He is. He's kind of got a, like a one-note thing about him, but he's, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, but he's good at the, that one note, man. He plays it to perfection. I'm not saying he's got a massive range or anything like that, but he's he's great at what he does. I don't know if he directed any other movies, but he did direct one movie. Did you ever see it? Called Dark Country. I've not seen it. You're not missing much. I don't even remember what it's about, huh? really. Yeah. I just remember I, I listened. He was on an episode of The King Cast, which is a podcast I was listening to for a while. There's this one woman's voice in the background during the interview he's like oh sorry guys that's my girlfriend Anne Heche what the fuck why (laughs) what for why 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 is he being weird he is a weird dude I love it. I listened to that interview. I was like, I fucking love this guy. He's hilarious. My girlfriend, Anne Heche. My lesbian girlfriend, Anne Heche. <laughs> Speak, there, there's a girl who kind of looks like a brunette Anne Heche in this. Mixed with that chick from Free Willy whose name I can never remember. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, are there any actors that you need to touch on before we do this? Absolutely. Uh, Brian James. Oh, yeah. Brian James. Of course. Legendary character actor who I have seen in two movies this week. He also starred as one of the killers in Sam Raimi's Crime Wave. Not the greatest movie. I've ever seen. Warning to anybody considering watching Crime Wave, it's rough. There was an interview with Bruce Campbell on the, because I got the Indicator special edition with all the cool special features and everything. And uh, there's this interview with Bruce Campbell and he is basic. he basically says, at this point, me, Sam, and Rob have all developed what we call our crime wave meter. Whenever something starts to feel off, we're like, oh, I'm getting crime wave vibes. <laughs> but Brian James was in that, and Brian James in this, and Brian James is in many of my favorite movies. He was in, he's in Blade Runner. He's in Tango and Cash. Brian James is great. So he's just awesome in, in all the stuff that you want to watch. Yeah. Cool. He's, he's in all kinds of cool stuff. I definitely recommend checking out his IMDb list and watching a lot of it. If we're comparing this to Blade Runner, though, I would totally rather watch Nemesis. No. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. I love Nemesis is an absolute (laughs) blast, but I'm sorry. Blade Runner is one of the greatest films ever made. You know how I feel about that. I know how you feel about that, but I feel differently, and so I'm going to express what I feel. I read the book. Your your opinion is perfectly valid, but so is mine. Nope, yours is wrong. I have read the book, though. (laughs) I'm smart. I I read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. I've read the book multiple times, and it's a very good book. And what I love about it, and this, again, like we're talking about nonsense that does not have anything to do with this movie. What I love about the difference between Blade Runner and do androids dream of electric sheep is they both ask the exact same question and come to completely (laughs) different conclusions and what are what is the question what are the conclusions the question is can an android become human the answer 
in do androids dream of electric sheep is no they cannot the answer in blade runner is yes they can I was going to say, it's maybe. It's not that they will, it's just that they can. So, yeah, Brian James, man, check him out. And then the one who I would never have expected in a million years to pop up in this movie, LaForce from Mallrats. He's the one who gets shot by the old lady. Yes, he's the one who gets shot by the old lady. Because <laughs> that's what he's credited as, cyborg interrogating old woman. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Now I know who you're talking about. I feel like there was someone... <laughs> well, and of course, Jack Death from Trancers. Also, Dollman, Tim... What was his name? Tim Tomlinson? Tim Thomerson. Tom- Thomerson. Yeah. yeah. He's in He's in it. I feel like there was one more, though. That's it. Tom Matthews from Return of the Living Dead and Friday the 13th Part 6. <laughs> Can't get away from those goddamn movies, can we? <laughs> It, it's the curse. It's the curse of Jason. No, but he's in it. He's got a tiny, tiny role, but he's absolutely great in it. Olivier Gruner is in a movie with uh, William Zabka and Brad Dorif. So really, called Interceptor Force. Oh, I'm there. Yeah, I need to. I mean, honestly, any out. anything with anything with Brad Dorif, you don't have to sell me further than that. But you throw Billy Zabka and Olivier Gruner, I'm there. Yeah. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about some Nemesis, man. This is not the first Olivier Gruner film i've seen it might have been automatic why are they always robots i think he kind of got pigeonholed after nemesis <laughs> the ultimate weapon he's half human and fully automatic yeah i think it was automatic i think that was the first thing i saw him in die ultimative waffle what? It's, it's german it's not it says d ultimative waffle or whatever but it looks like die ultimate waffle <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the covers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, too, uh, too automatic. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like Die Ultimate Waffle. Anyway, I th- I'm pretty sure that's the first Olivier Gruner movie I ever saw. It looks cool. I like him. I actually like him a lot. I was I was really surprised at how decent of an actor he turned out to be for yeah. this kind of stuff. He's it he's, plays to his strengths. He's Van Damme level for sure. Like yeah, at this point uh, oh, in his career. Oh, in the 90s, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's right there on that same level. The interview with uh, Albert Pugh and Albert said that he was trying to get away from the Van Damme thing because so many people were comparing him to Van Damme. So he was like, I don't really want to be Van Damme, but... Uh, so I'm going to make a cyborg movie just like him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, they were so clearly trying to make him the next Van Damme. Pugh said that... Uh, he kind of felt sorry for him because he felt like Olivier wasn't confident in his own acting abilities, you know, like he, so he shied away from acting and was always trying to push the physicality because that was the thing he was confident about. And there is a ton of, it's not, there's not a lot of martial arts in this movie, but there are some fucking stunts, all practical, all crazy. Yeah. And they, and it looks really good. The stunt work of this movie is not Jackie Chan level really, but like it's, Oh, not even close. It all looks very dangerous. (laughs) But it looks good. (laughs) It looks dangerous. It looks good. It's what you want out of an action movie, especially in the early 90s. Well, and you look at it, too, and you think, well, I watched a little like a seven minute making of featurette on YouTube. The stunt coordinator guy's like, yeah, we didn't have a lot of money or time. So we just did like three of these setups in one day. Sometimes I'm like, how did nobody (laughs) how did nobody die? Because I guarantee there were there had to have been at least several injuries. (laughs) Like Pune said that they didn't do more than one take on most of the big stunts. Wow. He said those were pretty much all done in one take because they didn't have the budget to set them up again. It is insane how good the stunts look for all being, well, mostly anyway, being one take shots. Holy shit. Yeah, there's a lot of explosions, a lot of shit falling down. There's And they and they look really good. And it's all practical. There's no CGI here. Yeah. CGI was prohibitively expensive back in the early oh, 90s. Oh, and it looked like shit too. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Unless unless you were on a budget level of Jurassic Park or Terminator 2, CGI yeah. looked like garbage. Yeah, so unless you're two of the best best uh, blockbuster filmmakers in history, your CGI looked like shit. <laughs> yeah. Unless unless you unless you were making blockbuster level films and Albert Pune has never made a blockbuster. <laughs> hey man, this is a blockbuster to me. I fucking loved this movie. Let's talk about it. No, so, this is a blast is what it is. It really is. Blockbuster, not so much. I, I'm sure it made its money back. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made th- five sequels or four sequels or whatever it was. Four sequels, but, potentially a fifth one crossing over with Cyborg, which... But Blockbuster, happen. no. Please, somebody make that movie. I don't care if Sasha Mitchell's a fucking asshole. Get him, <laughs> get him over here and let's, let's make this movie. I definitely want to see that. If he's who I found on Instagram, he is enormous now muscle freak really scary yes i don't know if it's actually him but fully. how do you not know it i mean because he doesn't have a blue check mark or anything and it's oh, just oh you know, oh okay and his face looks way different probably because of all those steroids he's well taking it's also been 30, 30 years. years yeah i don't know anyways so we start he's not a kid anymore <laughs> <laughs> he's not the code man anymore yeah well I mean that remains to be seen, but well, if he's you, not he's not nineteen year old code man anymore. If you watch Kickboxer three, he does the hutch thing a couple yeah. times, and I'm like, don't do that. That's so fucking weird. Now, he did that in Kickboxer two. I'm pretty oh, sure he almost he oh you could see him like almost slipping into it <laughs> like almost just like almost he doesn't quite do it, but like there's a time in part three where he actually does the ch. Thing. I'm like, what the fuck? I haven't watched Kickboxer 2 since it very first came out on video. Me and my buddy rented it the week it came out because we were both huge Kickboxer fans. <laughs> I like it. It makes no sense. It's fucking it, pointless. It disappointed big time. Really? Watch it now. <laughs> oh, no. Now <laughs> that I know what to expect from it, I'm sure it's a blast. But, you know, like I was an unironic fan of kickboxer i i was not a fan of b movies i was a fan of badass action which and kickboxer 2 is not the badass type of action that that i wanted it kickboxer is, also happens to be a b movie that just had a bigger budget than normal and van damme <laughs> it worked really well though like kickboxer worked really well on an unironic level they basically just took Bloodsport and copy pasted you know yes. it's not like it's hugely original or anything but i got introduced to kickboxer first so i didn't know that it's rocky four in thailand <laughs> there you go it is rocky four in thailand which is okay and that guy they that guy they had for the villain was fucking scary he man. is scary he's in he's actually in Bloodsport. he plays one of the one of the fighters at the tournament oh really i yeah, yeah i both Again, of those are movies. It's been a long time. We, yeah, both of those are movies that we will have to cover at some point because I love them both. Even Kickboxer Two, dude. We 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 need to do Kickboxer Two. We should do Kickboxer Two first. Just a fucking <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. We might end up doing Nightmare Two first. So why the fuck not? So we open on a cool. I, I just wrote down he's a cool looking dude in sunglasses. Opening narration about all the crazy shit that's going on in the world. But did you have the subtitles on? No, I by did any not. chance. There's apparently a woman narrating the subtitles because it says he's doing this thing and he's like i'm doing this thing and, and then, <laughs> but and then it's referenced that she that that like that's that whoever's narrating in the subtitles is a female so like they're they use the other cuts really subtitles interesting but it was like similar dialogue it was really so they weird. so maybe they mixed up the subtitles on the two cuts <laughs> yeah 
Because you only get one cut on this Blu-ray, right? No, you get two cuts. It's yeah. it, The other cut is a special feature. You have to go under the special features to find the other cut, but it's on there. Oh, is that... I, I thought it was just like the commentary track because it says something, oh, something 2.0 oh, yeah, with commentary. Yeah, maybe it's just with the commentary. And then it, it is on the DVD, though. We're in the year 2027, quickly approaching in real life, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we'll be in the year 2027 here and we are. before this podcast is over. <laughs> we are nowhere near that. <laughs> well, actually, we shouldn't have taken so long to get started because this movie is one of the densest... B movies I've ever seen. There's so much shit going on. There's a time jump every five minutes. There's robots and shit going on. There's espionage and intrigue and conspiracies and characters. There's a lot of fucking characters in this movie. There's a lot going on, but it's not as relentless as some movies we've watched uh, and even done recently. Like, for example, Army of Darkness. It's not it's not as totally nonstop as Army of Darkness. But the parts where it kind of lingers, it's lingering on frenetic action. That's how it fools you into thinking that it's that it's just continuous. Yeah, that's that's it, true. It lingers on these long shots of frenetic action. Yeah, we're like a couple minutes in before we get our first real action sequence where there's these two people making out. It's the dude in the sunglasses, of course. Yes. Uh, making out with some hot chick. And it looks like she's getting super kinky. She's like choking him. She's like, chill the fuck out. I'm going to fucking move and I'll, I'll crush your throat or whatever and then it suddenly doesn't look kinky it looks like yeah. she's going to kill him if he's then, not careful but she's like oh she like checks him for a weapon and she's like i just had to make sure you weren't a cop and he's like yeah sure cool and then they're like they start making out and then he reaches behind her and pulls out a fucking gun from her waistband he turns her gun on her and yeah blows her fucking like, head off i'm like yeah he, he takes it shoots her in the face she's a robot and she's like fucking cops and he's like fuck you terrorist or whatever yeah i was sold immediately this, ain't, this ain't a thinker no this ain't a thinker but in the best way and i gotta say i'm seeing it this time because you know i mean when i was a kid i didn't really get it but my aunt had the biggest heart on for olivier Grunner. oh he's a good looking dude and right? i gotta say this time through i'm like yeah. yeah he is a fucking looker man i get it like yeah it's a wonder why he didn't get bigger the only thing i can think is that he based again on what pune was saying in the interview he got too afraid of the acting oh, thing yeah, yeah. and just got so heavy into the physicality which he's admittedly very good at and then we already he's had not, one of those he's so not he quite van damme yeah and that's i think his problem is that van damme actually does have better physicality and he's trying to fill those shoes but he's not as good at the physicality so he should have have gone in for the acting more because Van Damme wasn't really trying to be an actor at that point. He was trying to be, you know, the muscles from Brussels. <laughs> trying to keep up with Stall- uh, Stallone and fucking Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And so and so if Gruner had at that point gone hard on the acting and really, really tried to hone his acting skills, he maybe could have competed on that field and i think that's that's probably where he went wrong he is still a working actor he's he's in a lot of b action movies which i I appreciate because that's i have no doubt that they're a lot of fun to watch because he is a lot of fun to watch that's my that that, that's my wheelhouse right there everybody makes fun of me they're like what i thought you liked bad movies i'm like no i like fun movies that are bad i don't (laughs) i don't want to watch like transformers 3 because it's long yeah. and boring. It's like, keep me engaged and entertained and I'm on board, but like alienate me with <laughs> yeah. these these long, <laughs> nonsensical, uninteresting effects There's a difference. There's a difference between a bad movie and a fun bad movie. So this opening scene goes on for like a half hour, by the way. 
It does. It is unusually long. Pyun said that he the shooting scenes go on for so long because he just likes he just wanted to drag these scenes out because he really enjoyed watching them shoot at each other. You know, so he was like, I just want him to go on for as long as I can. So I know a lot of people have said that the shooting scenes go on for way longer than they seem like they should. And they do. This scene goes on and on and on. Yeah. With the he, we're not even at the shooting scene yet. He's still walking around the fucking motel. Yeah. Like running around. It's it's and, kind of a it's it's kind of a neo noir at this point. It hasn't become a full fledged action movie yet. Don't worry, it's like three seconds. Three seconds from now he gets in the elevator, he tells the guy, the waiter in there to shush, and then the guys he passed in the hall, they're like, Oh fuck, he's a cop or whatever, and then they go after and, him. And that was all still neo noir. It's once they get outside, that's yeah. when it becomes an action movie. And they get outside and shit starts happening. Well, nothing important, but lots of guns, lots of shitty guns, lots of him going around the corner doing a cool crossover with his guns. <laughs> I guess what we should say for the audience's benefit is that the guys he passes in the hall are on their way to the hotel room yes, yes. where the dead body of the cyborg or of the robot uh, I guess they'd be androids. They're cyborgs. They, they, they're cyborgs. They're, they no, call them cyborgs like a thousand times. In the no, movie. a cyborg is a human with with augmentations. An android is a human impersonating robot. They still call them cyborgs. They're all cyborgs, according to this movie. They're not cyborgs, though. A cyborg <laughs> is a human with augmentation. All right. It's anyway. going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Anyway. This movie doesn't take anything seriously. The so android shouldn't terrorist either. whose head he blew off back at the back in the hotel room that's who these people are on their way to see and it and it is a very cool scene when he walks past him like you can feel the tension and and he's he's rocking this jacket with these fucking 80s shoulder pads <laughs> And he is not a man with small shoulders. This dude has shoulders and they extend them. I'm going to say eight inches. This jacket extends his shoulder width by eight inches. He looks like David Byrne in his comically large suit. He's got to carry all of his guns under there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it does conceal the guns pretty well. I'm not going to lie. At one point or another, he's like got a shotgun hanging from his shoulder and he's got two guns and underarm holsters and shit. I wrote down that Albert Pune must have watched a lot of John John Woo movies because yeah. a lot of stuff that Alex is the character, the main character, he does a lot of like weird <laughs> gun foo kind of stuff and he's sliding down hills and shit yep. shooting at people. That definitely checks out. This chick, the like the main chick who's in charge, she pulls out this big motherfucking gun and there's there's at least a couple guns that just when you shoot when when they shoot it, it explodes stuff like right around whoever they're shooting at. The guns in this movie are fucking bananas. I I absolutely love it. Like it in this opening shot, he pull, he's got the shotgun in this opening shot. He he took the shotgun off of the off of the guy off the that he dead shot. Android. She had a duffel bag in the hotel room. Oh yeah, he that's right. The duffel these, bag. Yep. He starts pulling all these guns out of it, and one of the things he took was this pistol grip. It looks like uh, one of those Mossberg twelve gauges, right? But he busts this fucker out once the once the guys start following him outside and he starts firing it like it's a goddamn machine gun just boom 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 i don't even know how they got that thing to shoot that way magic because remember this is 1992 what is it 92 or 93 92 yep they don't have cgi they're not cgiing these guns so they actually had to get that gun to fire blanks like like a fucking machine gun it's, it's fun. ridiculous it's fun. It is absolutely ridiculous i loved it so he is on the roof and this is where the, the very first awesome stunt happens well he makes his way up to the roof oh, yeah. of this building this building is so fucking cool it's collapsed so that it's leaning over at like 
what is it, probably like a 20-degree angle or something like that? Something like that, yeah, yeah. And it just looks like, I'm I'm just going, how the fuck did they even have the balls to get up on top of this thing? And apparently, it was the old Kaiser Steelworks where they shot the uh, the Terminator 2 cyber war scenes. Oh! You know, the future, the future war scenes in Terminator 2. You know, I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, I can totally see that. That's awesome. And yeah, so... so Pune said it was really cool because they could go in there and they could blow up whatever the fuck they wanted and they didn't have to clean up anything. So he was like, yeah, it was great. We loved it. He's up on the roof and he's trying to run from these people after after taking one of them out. He only takes one of them out on the roof. But then he jumps on this like pole, this electric pole. And <laughs> I think it's a lightning rod or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. And and it's a practical stunt. The stuntman just had to jump on it and be like, ride it. I just ride it down <laughs> until he falls off of it. I'm like, Sure. Yeah, the action in this is so great. And then that's when he hits the ground and he starts running and that chick pulls out that giant fucking gun and starts firing it. And it's just these, I think it's actually Oliver Gruner, Olivier Gruner too. And he's running from these explosions and they're just, they're like a foot behind him. This guy has some balls. I will. Oh yeah. That. He is running and he does eventually get hit by this giant gun with, and, and he goes flying, right? And he lands in this, it lands in this rubble and he gets a, gets a metal rod through the knee. Oh no. Uh, well, he gets hit as he's jumping through the window into oh, this right, abandoned right. building and it hits him in his back oh, yep. and then it blows him forward because you know again we've seen this gun like every time it shoots it's like <laughs> a fucking grenade going off so it hits him in his back blows him even further into this room and the window just fucking explodes oh it's glorious he looks at his knee after it gets impaled and he's like that knee was brand new <laughs> which will be in like three seconds it'll become apparent what he means but then he finds a puppy <laughs> this is so gratuitous they're, they just want us to like this guy at this point. He finds this puppy, and I'm like, that is a dead puppy. <laughs> but that was my thought, too. I was like, Jesus, they're going to they're gonna kill this fucking puppy right here at the beginning of the movie. This is going to turn into John Wick. <laughs> but he finds he finds this little, this, like, fireproof box or whatever, blast-proof box, and he shoves the little puppy in there, and then that's when she, she really blows shit up. She puts, she puts the, a, like, a bigger shell into a bigger part of the gun. And fucking... Yeah, she, she pulls out this special <laughs> shell that's got, like, a black tip on it, so you know it's something special, I guess. She doesn't even stick it into the, into the breach of the, I think it's the breach, isn't that where you load it? I have I know nothing of these guns and Anyways, things. Anyway, she doesn't stick it into the spot where you would ordinarily load it. She sticks it into this scope that's just a tube on the top of the gun. It looks like a scope, but she sticks it into that. And apparently that's the launcher for this bullet. These guns are so ridiculously... Like, the modifications on them are so absurd. I don't know if you noticed, but later in the movie, when him and the girl are running, the gun the girl is carrying is just made of PVC pipe. <laughs> it's just pvc pipe that was fitted together and painted black and then had like these little mod bits stuck onto it there's just a brief moment where you get like a close-up of it and in the high That's def awesome. you could absolutely see that it was just pvc pipe pieces glued together i did not even notice that i think i was i was too busy laughing just at all the dumb shit going on <laughs> at this point Anyway, suffice to say, yeah, these guns are fucking ridiculous. She actually goes into the building to confront him and he's still he's still there. He's he's alive. Oh, well, you, you step past the part where she fires that ridiculous oh, yeah. bullet. She fires the... it and then fucking blows everything up. Him included. So you see his little robot legs like 
they're just like wiggling. <laughs> it's blown the flesh off of more than half of his body. Yeah. But the, the puppy's safe. So she's talking to him. She goes, you're not really human. And he's like, 86% is still human. By which I think we're meant to uh, interpret that he is 86% cyborg at this point. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Like 86% human or 86% robot? Based on the amount of implants that she that he was he was rocking there, I think it was 86% robot. You're a terrorist. And she's like, you're confused because the dialogue's really good. She gets like fed up with his shit and she's she she needs to she's gonna kill him but she starts shooting him it's it's like robocop right now yeah she's just like shooting all over his body until she fucking blows his head off and then then we get the actual robocop well, she doesn't scene. she doesn't shoot him in the head she that's i guess she does that's a key right. she never shoots him in the head but it's not because she's not willing to it's because suddenly uh reinforcements arrive Oh, you know, you know what he does? He lifts up his knee and stabs her with the fucking oh, that's right. Things and stick. That's out right of it. because she gets distracted by the drone that appears in the window. Yes. My next note is she escapes. Alex dies with quotes, but the puppy lives. Yes. So everything's cool. And then what do we cut to? Like. Uh, uh, the Robo- we get the RoboCop scene. Later or something like we that. We get the RoboCop scene of him getting put back together. We don't really see what the fuck's going on, oh, but yeah. it's like a bunch of doctors. But then we cut to six months later in a place called Baja, New America. <laughs> Alex is running barefoot on the beach, and he's all sexy and shirtless and stuff. Looking good. Looking good. Yeah. And the dog's still alive, and it's a big husky boy, and he's running with him. And it's a dog in a movie like this, so... So, yeah. It's, it's days are numbered. At the very least, when the dog dies, it's not fucking horrific. Oh, my God. There's no sound. You know. <laughs> see it it's fine i thought there was a there was a yelp i didn't hear a yelp but maybe i maybe there was one i'm pretty sure there was a yelp but gonna, again i'm not the most reliable right now i'm gonna pretend like there wasn't and he has to give himself some kind of injection i guess it we learn later they kept on like oh what is he something about a speed freak a speed loader he got basically he got addicted to painkillers because of all the augmentations i think the idea is that once you pass a certain threshold, the cybernetic augmentations hurt, cause a lot of pain permanently. Gee, I wonder why. Because he's not Wolverine or anything. <laughs> yeah, and he's basically the Terminator under this synth skin. I mean, he that's bas- that's what he says. He's like, you know, synthetic skin and everything. So now he's something like 90 some percent cyborg and he's living in some small village in baja new america wherever that is i don't really know mexico is 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 there a place called new america no they they just slap new on all kinds of stuff (laughs) it's it's mexico the idea is that mexico america annexed mexico or something like that yeah uh later on we learn that (laughs) later they have new rio de janeiro well there's america and japan like combined forces like they they oh yeah they merged or whatever yeah so yen is like now one of the major currencies in the United States. That was a big thing in the early 90s. I remember because of Shadowrun, Shadowrun was like cyberpunk D&D. Yeah, and they all, all the all the cyberpunk stuff sort of postulated that Japan and the United States were going to become these merged superpowers. I mean, the shit's in Blade Runner, you know. The rise of Japan was was heavily predicted in the, in the late 70s, early 80s. And then Philip K. Dick showed up and he's like, no. I think Germany and Japan are going to be like buddies. Wait, I don't know if that happened in the book, actually. (laughs) That happened in the show. Are you talking about Man in the High Castle? Yeah. Man in the High Castle was written in the 60s. Holy fuck, was it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Jesus Christ. And he had his finger on the pulse way before everybody else did then. Yeah, he did. God damn. He He also wrote a book. He was a a visionary. He was he was nuts, but he was a visionary. He wrote a book a day for his entire fucking life. I don't know if a book a day, short story a day for sure. He he definitely wrote way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Anyways, we got a lot of movies still to get through. He's at this little this little restaurant bar thing, talking to this lady, and she has this fucking henchman looking guy just sitting on a chair, just being intimidating. This guy's got. 
bad news written all over him. I wrote down that he has his gun ready because shit's shady. Alex has his gun ready. But it turns out it's the same chick from L.A. And he's like, I'm here for revenge. And he fucking shoots her. No, he's like, I'm here for revenge terrorist and then she's she gets this recognition like, oh, and then he blows her away <laughs> uh, and then bad news in the background goes for the shotgun but he's already got the drop on him yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty cool scene i like it and then these two ladies from the lapd show up because that's where he used to live and work he used to be an, uh, a cop in la i love that in this story the lapd have become this international terrorist force almost it is kind of that like, way isn't it? ostensibly they're law enforcement but they are totally like the cia of this universe and it's the LAPD. It's not even the CIA. <laughs> it's not the FBI. It's the LAPD. And we hear about a guy named Farnsworth. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Not good news. They're like, you're going to come back, right? We put a lot of money into you and shit or whatever. And he's like, I quit. Tell Farnsworth to go fuck himself. He says something like, if he wants me, he knows how to find me. There's some backstory a little bit about him becoming a cop to get out of prison or something like that. We don't actually know. It's implied that he was in jail and they let him out to become a cop. It's kind of neat because there is a lot of backstory that they don't come right out and tell you. And they don't do the thing that I would expect a movie like this to do and just bluntly slap you with it. They kind of just imply a lot of shit and let you run with it in your own imagination which is a more skillful writing technique than you would expect from a movie like this at least more than i would jared is one of the one of the lady cops who's they had a thing at some point yes there very clearly was something between them and then i think he found out that she was an android and felt betrayed by that yeah he essentially says fuck off he leaves and his dog does not follow him yeah the dog just hangs out and starts growling and then bites one of the lady cops on the hand and she fucking blows it away and and he just keeps on walking like yeah. he doesn't even look back and that made me not like him for a minute it was a strange directorial choice it's one of the only moments in this movie where i was like i feel like you could have done a better job on that al yeah maybe just not have a dog the crazy thing is so much there's almost no moments in this movie as 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 silly as this movie gets at times there aren't that many moments where i go yeah i wouldn't have directed it that way but this one particular thing i'm like i i wouldn't have directed it that way but i think he does he at least buries the dog i guess yeah, there's there's a scene of him in silhouette looking jacked against the sunset burying the dog now we get another time jump though now yeah. it's a year and a half later from the first scene so it, it jumps another year to new rio de janeiro and uh, now his hair is all shagged out and, and, and he's, he's back in the yeah. fucking wide wing jacket he's now a smuggler and a shitty one apparently because he looks like, like a rob leefield character in that jacket oh he does during his narration he's like well somebody always fucking dies when i do these deals like he's a bad smuggler yeah he's apparently <laughs> terrible at his job until some guy named marion shows up and he's like i have a deal for you this is my man from Friday the 13th part 6. Oh, okay. okay. And uh Return of the Living Dead 1 and 2. They're going to have a have a little thing. Oh, Alex also spends like half the movie being knocked unconscious by shit. He does also, get knocked unconscious cuz it happens a lot in this the, scene. A lot. Like they're talking and then Alex pulls a gun and then the guy's face like opens up and then it cuts to him being like what? In a, just in a cell somewhere. Yeah, he like shoots some kind of sleeping dart or something like that. And then it cuts to this cell in what looks like the fucking Old West. The sets in this movie are so much better than a movie of this budget. I was going to say, these aren't sets. These got to be practical locations. Yeah, right? they are. They're they're yeah. all practical locations. But he picked such good ones. I'm just in awe of how good the locations for this were. And Albert Pune's like, film inspirations are 
all over this scene too because Farnsworth shows up and he's like you know you're gonna do this thing you're gonna go get Jared for me because she's doing naughty shit and we need to stop her and if you don't help us there's a fucking bomb in your heart and it's gonna go off in three days I'm so like, we got some uh, escape from New York here yeah uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have a fucking eye patch on right now <laughs> Well, those glasses he those glasses he wears. I mean, it's it's actually it's a good homage. Actually, like I don't yeah. look at it and go like, oh, he literally just stole that, which he did. But it kind of works for this yeah. dumb nonsense. It's perfect. And I mean, this guy, he is playing right on that same level as Lee Van Cleef was in Escape from New York, and as uh, Stacy Keach was in Escape from L.A. Man, he's just he's just right in there with him. I think he was really well cast so he tells he tells alex about all the shit and like he's like you're, you're gonna do this also alex has a great haircut right now <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty fucking bad that that haircut is uh not not grinner's best he's making wise cracks and being all being all action movie guy this is a very straight out of action 101 scene and we've got brian james in the background playing <laughs> the heavy you know yeah yep so and we learn about Jared and the Hammerheads and some asshole named Julian, who turns out is a woman, by the way. Yeah, you, you got these ladies with names like Jared and Julian. And I'm like, hmm, well, I mean, that's cool. Like, future progressive, I guess. And like, I guess Jared, the, the, the plot that they think Jared's involved in, or they try to convince Alex that Jared's involved in, is that she's going to try to kill the commissioner, who is Farnsworth. And then as Alex goes, fine, I'll do it. He walks away and then... Two of the guys are like, how long do you think it's going to be before he figures out we're full of shit? <laughs> yeah, they're just, <laughs> they just kind of, and he, it takes him no time at all. He's figured it out before he's gotten off the boat. And they go to Shang Lu. Shang Lu, that was it. I fuck, yeah, Shang Lu, China. Java. Oh, was it Java? Java. I thought it was China for some reason. I guess I must have just misheard. Alex is back to being the clean cut trench coat and shades wearing dude. And this is where we meet uh, Tom Jane, who plays Billy, who does absolutely nothing. He just kind of shows up, says, I'm tough and this is going to happen. And then the girl he's with kicks his ass. Yeah, he's in it for like, he's in it for like, (laughs) I'm going to say two and a half minutes of screen time tops. He does like watch Alex and report on him walking down the sidewalk, beating the shit out of all these guys popping up like a video game so he can beat him up. (laughs) I'm a little disappointed because Tom James and the gal whose name escapes me again, they both play this this scene ass naked. Yes. And and that was Tom Jane's choice, apparently, because the script was written so that the woman was naked. But he wasn't. And he was like, no, man, if she's naked, I need to be naked. And so he d- he decided to play this scene bare ass. And I'm just a little po- a, a little disappointed that we didn't get to see uh, Tom Jane's Wangler in this one, because <laughs> like I kind of was I, like I was kind of hoping he was going to he was he was going to rock out with his cock out. My cock's out. Is that enough? <laughs> and her name is Deborah Shelton, by the way. Deborah Shelton. OK, because I mean, she shows she shows some you know, pretty, pretty rocking tits there. So I'm like, yeah, man, give us some between the crack balls at least. And she's stacked. She's got some fucking muscles too. Oh yeah. She's kind of hot. I'm into it. Oh, I'm totally into it. After the ass whooping that Alex lays down on these guys, Tom Jane's watching from the window. His name is Billy. And he's like, we didn't really go into that. Like how he's, oh no, no. I I actually forgot to take notes on this whole scene because I was too interested in him doing karate and I thought it was going to happen. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So like he's walking off the boat in, what'd you say? Java. He's walking off the boat and he kind of walks down this boardwalk ish type of place. And this dude just comes out of an alley and holds a gun at his head and is like immigration. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he just basically hands this guy's ass to him. Immigration. Okay, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you then? Yeah. I guess. And then a bunch of guys flow out of the alley after him after he does that, including LaFour's pre-sock full of nickels. Quarters. Pre-sock full of quarters. <laughs> and then Tom Jane proceeds to watch him whip wholesale ass on all these guys. Very casually by the way. Like they're walking up behind him and he totally knows they're there. He knows what's going on and just turns around, lays one out and keeps (laughs) walking and then lays the others out as they continue to hound him. Well, now like seeing what little martial arts you do of the, in this movie, I'm like, dude, I want, I need to see him do more. I'm going to go watch Angel Town this weekend. I got to do it. Is that one really action heavy? It's a martial arts movie. As far as I know, it's okay. It's got the, that dumb setup where he's for, he, he moved away. He's coming back home and bad things are happening in his hometown. So he has to kick ass, I think. So walking tall. Yeah. Only, (laughs) only, only with Olivier. Yeah. Only with a guy who might actually be, hopefully he's not a shitty person. Apparently Buford Pusser was an asshole. Oh, oh. And and then you have The Rock. And now then Kevin Sorbo was in the sequels to The Rock movie. <laughs> That actually makes me want to watch him. Have you, Doesn't it though? Kevin Sorbo's so bad he's like he's almost brilliant. He's nuts he's such a nut job oh my god what an unself-aware lunatic the rock is kind of like overconfident and cocky and annoying but at least he seems like a nice guy yeah no sorbo sorbo is completely living on planet neptune (laughs) and i fucking love it man like i I, I want him to shut the fuck up and just keep making cheesy action movies. Because have you have you watched some? His cheesy action is so fucking good. Call the Conqueror, not. Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, Pool Boy, Drowning Out the Fury. With Danny Trejo? With Danny Trejo. Was awesome. It was so fucking good. I'm like, this is what Sorbo should be doing all the time. Instead of being on Twitter, being a fucking... <laughs> right-wing nutbag of course i've seen hercules though like i used to watch that when i was and doing fucking god's not dead movies go fuck yourself oh my god those are the worst have you seen any of them i watched the first one oh my god my daughter wanted to watch it and i and we're sitting there i'm just i'm just yelling fuck you at the screen the whole goddamn movie i'm like you realize my daughter was like young at this she was like 14 (laughs) or 13 and i was like you realize that this is completely bullshit right like this would never happen this is based on an email on on a an apocryphal email (laughs) that i got back in 1995 uh do you know the plot to the second one that's the one where like they go to the supreme court or something like that about not being able to say homosexuality is wrong or something no uh in it's melissa joan hart so it's sabrina the teenage witch she's a teacher No, they're they're pulling these actors from the weirdest places, aren't they? Oh you have Hercules, god. you have a you have a god and a witch. <laughs> um, and uh, in fairness, demigod. She's talking. She's just giving a lesson, and then and it had something to do with like eye for an eye or whatever. And then a kid in the class chimes in and goes, "Well, th- isn't that kind of what it says in the Bible? This and this and this." And she's like, "Oh yeah, in this verse in the Bible, this char- this character says this." And then oh, a, so a bunch of a bunch of kids start texting like she's talking about bible stuff in school and then she gets i'm like that would never happen in a million fucking years that is so stupid yeah they're basically christian victimization fantasies is what these movies are they are so fucking absurd like and and they make me so fucking angry there's a there's there's a podcast called god awful movies where they review just (laughs) mostly just christian movies just pure flicks releases mostly yeah they did they did like all the left behind movies and shit oh god I have that Kirk Cameron left behind. And oh no, yeah, I have the Kirk Cameron one and I have the Nick Cage one. The Nick Cage one's better because it's got Nick Cage in it, but the Kirk Cameron one's 
fucking great. I have to believe that Kirk Cameron one is probably hilarious. I, I, I watched it unironically when I was a kid. <laughs> and the second one, Tribulation Force. I was yeah. there. I watched it. <laughs> I read the books. I, I read all the books. I don't want to read the books. I want somebody on YouTube to read them for me and make videos about it because I kind of want to know, but I don't want to read them. The books, I understand why they were big hits at first, but they devolve to this point of just (laughs) sheer absurdity. I got so angry by the end. Like (laughs) the final book, I just hate listen to the entire thing. I I did them on audiobook. Yeah. And I really thoroughly, unironically enjoyed the first four books. I really did. Because I was still in the church at that time. I was still practicing religion at the time. But I had a sense of storytelling. And those first few books, although like the opening of the very first book is literally the Langoliers. <laughs> it's literally the first half just, of the Langoliers. Just people disappearing. Yes. It's, I mean, it takes place on a plane. It's, it's the Langoliers. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And like a huge chunk of the passengers on the plane just disappear. And it's got the pacemaker sitting on the seat, just like in the Langoliers. I mean, it, I hadn't read the Langoliers at that point, so it was very compelling. And then I read the Langoliers. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they just... They just ripped this entire the entire opening of that book out of the Langoliers. And it was it was pretty it's pretty compelling stuff if you don't have a lot of experience with good writing. Because Jerry Jenkins and Tim LaHaye are not good writers. No, that's what I that's what I've heard. Yeah. Like, they're very bad writers, but they're bad writers the same way Dean Koontz is a bad writer in that they tell it they tell an engaging yarn. I'm going to say Jerry Jenkins tells an engaging yarn. <laughs> Tim LaHaye is a pastor and there's no way he's 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 he was, the, he he was, was the, the writer of the He group. was the story consultant. Exactly. He was the theologian. He was the eschatologist <laughs> who laid out how the story was going to go. But then by like book 5 or something like this because they originally planned it to be a trilogy, right? But then it started getting way too long. And so clearly three books wasn't going to do it. So then they were like, okay, then it's going to be seven books because it has to be a fucking magic number. It can't just be six books, which is what it required. It would have required (laughs) six books at most to tell this story. But they were like, no, it's going to be seven because it's got to be a holy number. It can't can't be the evil number. It can't be. It was three and then it had to be seven. But then they went over on seven. They hadn't gotten all the way to the end by seven because they were dragging it out to reach seven. And then they were like, all right, it can't be seven. So it's got to be 12 because that's the next magic Bible number. I was going to say there's so many of those too. And so consequently, the last five books are literally, excuse me, the four books subsequent to seven, 20 to 40. 50% of the book is just them recapping the previous books. And then the final book, which like I said, I just hate listen to the entire thing. Yes, tell me. Tell me what happens. Tell me this thing. 50% of the book is just, okay, the final book, Jesus Returns, right? Yes. It's called The Glorious Appearing and Jesus returns to, to take the righteous up to heaven, right? When he returns, he spends, I'm not joking... Half of the goddamn book just quoting the Bible at everybody. I got so fucking angry reading that because if you're going to tell a story where the literal son of God comes to earth to redeem it from all of its sins and depredations and he doesn't have a fucking original thought in his goddamn head, (laughs) who are you trying to... How? What a fucking cowardly way to write a story. That is sheer cowardice. I was so goddamn angry when I was listening to that book. I was so angry. 
I just, ah, oh, I, I wanted to sue him. Like you can't, that's not writing. That's plagiarism. That's just plagiarism. You just took a bunch of Bible quotes and packed half this book full of them and called it a novel. You pieces of shit. So there's your review of The Glorious Appearing by Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins. Thank you. That was fun. That got really loud. That was. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that. Well, I, I tried to back off there near the end. I'm sorry. I, I realized I was probably blowing out the speakers. All right. You got that out of your system. I can't even remember why we talked about that. How did that even come up? Yeah. I don't so, so we're 15 minutes into the movie. We are actually 50. Yeah. So after he beats up all these guys, they're just laying on the ground. He walks away and they all just kind of casually get up. And then the German guy. Brian, Brian James. Brian James escorts them into a building. Then they're gone for a minute. <laughs> and they get up very, like you said, casually. That's the key. They get up like they expected this to happen, and it went exactly the way they wanted it to. It's a, it's an odd scene. And the conclusion <laughs> Tom Jane's character, who's been watching this whole thing, draws is, nope, just a regular tourist. Nothing to worry about yeah. there. Tom Jane is, is Billy that Farnsworth has mentioned. He's supposed to be all badass and stuff, but it turns out he's kind of a bitch. Well, I yeah. mean, this this woman who he, who he was clearly sleeping with, who he is doing this scene bare ass with. She's a powerhouse to be sure. She is a force to be reckoned with. And he was not ready for that reckoning. <laughs> she basically calls him out on it. She's like, how does a worthless little scrub like you even, even get in contact yeah. with these people? She's, then, like, then she's like, you must be a cop or some shit. Exactly. And that's the point at which she calls in. Oh, the, the person I forgot is the dude from cyborg. I believe he is from mm-hmm. cyborg, but he's also from, and this is the, this is the thing I knew him from. He plays War Child in Point Break, and he's made an appearance oh, yeah. on this show before in the Double Dragon episode. I mean, I'm recognizing people left and right in this movie. It's insane. That that's one of that's the best part of this movie, aside from like the stunts and all that shit. Like the story, who fucking cares? The stunts are cool, and seeing all these actors do shit is yeah. fun. The story is the same shit you've seen a thousand sci-fi, times. Sci-fi, sci dystopian sci-fi 101. It's it's bad Blade Runner, but it, I mean. In fairness, I think Pune very deliberately wanted Oh, he to, absolutely knows. He's he, Well, he wanted to make a Blade Runner story but that went in a different direction, which he did. And, I mean uh, I mean he he was he was trying to take a Blade Runner story and make it more action heavy rather than kind of like a I mean, I mean, Blade Runner was it had its action, but it was more of a thinker and and it was more of a mood piece. He wanted it to be like really action heavy. There's a girl following him around at following Alex around. She just kind of pops up in the scene and then just dips out. And she does that a couple times. Yeah. But then eventually, like she's leading him somewhere. Did they meet? Because she leads him to Chosen, I think. She's not Chosen. He's I don't think she guy. was leading him as much as she was walking ahead of him because she knew where he was going. Okay, yeah. So this... I didn't get the impression that he was following her. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was it was weird. It just kind of like popped up and I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss a conversation between the two? Like both times I watched this? Yeah, she's <laughs> kind of like slinking in the shadows behind him. And then she just, she walks past him and... The impression I got was that she was trying to casually play it off like she hadn't been following him, but she knew where he was going, so she went ahead of him to get there. And this is where we kind of get a little little backstory. Oh, not not a little backstory, but a little a little hint at the American economy. You know, that he only <laughs> That's he only right. accepts yen because the the American dollar is too volatile or whatever. Well, there's another interesting thing that's going on in this scene that I think was a very cool choice is that uh, Chosen is doing the, his his you know Asian accent like he, he he's is. doing a very a very yes. stereotypical english is a second language accent and he then, sounds like chosen exactly he sounds like chosen and he doesn't sound like that in real life no in real life <laughs> he sounds as american as anybody 
And then after Olivier Gruner's character, whose name I can't remember. Alex. Alex. Okay. After Alex goes to his room, he shuts his little door that he that he addresses the public through, turns back to maybe a camera or or some kind of microphone or something, oh, yeah, yeah. drops the accent completely and like, is this the guy we're looking for? Wait, does he drop the accent? Yes, he completely oh, drops the accent. That's awesome. I didn't even think of I didn't I didn't even notice that. Yeah, so I, I like that they did that to where he has this sort of cheesy accent and then he just drops it completely and is like, yep, all an act. So Alex gets up to his room and he's just kind of hanging out. Deciding not to, uh, I said Alex goes to his room doing some weird shit. Something about drugs they've been giving him, he's not taking them anymore. It's the, the drugs from the beginning that he was like sticking into his neck. He's no longer taking them because he's found out that they're finding there's like a way to control him in there or something. I didn't get that. I, I, I that more got that he was just trying to get off of them. You know, I, I, well, I think the idea is that they were controlling him by having him on the drugs so that they could parcel out the drugs to keep him under control. And then my next note is it took me a minute to figure out what a speed shooter is because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Cause I do a lot of drugs clearly. But the funny thing is that he doesn't do the drugs and then Julian is watching him through like some binoculars or something like that. And she's like, he's a fucking speed shooter. Yes. That. And And it's like, but he didn't shoot it. Like, he threw it on the ground. But he has it. He does have it. But I just thought that was a strange dialogue choice because, like, if she's going to do that, then he should have taken him, right? Funny that you bring her up, because one of my next notes is that Billy wants to fuck her, fuck Julian, because he's like, let's just go at it, but she's not having Why it. wouldn't she want to, honestly? She, she calls in the guy for she got guy from Cyborg, whose name is Michelle. Also uh, the guy from Point Break. The guy from Point Break. She doesn't seem to need him, though. No, she does not. She, like, kicks Tom Jane's ass, but then she has she has the Point Break guy fucking choke him out. Then he's out of the movie. And he, she doesn't seem to have a very close... She, like, this guy is just a pawn to her michelle because when uh later on when alex kills him oh she doesn't, she doesn't care. give shit one she doesn't even look at him she doesn't no mention of it at all it's like the dog <laughs> he's just a tool she's using back in alex's room we we met this guy a little earlier but it's angie his name is angie something something but that's the shang sung guy carrie whose name i can i fucking don't remember it's it's shang sung him, shang him, sung from mortal Kombat. yeah yep. him and his him and his fucking gang go into alex's room and he's got these big fucking Hawaiian looking dudes. Are they Hawaiian or are they I, I guess Japanese they're supposed or something? to be like uh, Hawaiian or Islanders I mean he's or he's speaking in that Hawaiian pigeon which is fucking awesome because in, in Johnny Tsunami he talks like that. Oh really? Oh yeah. he does. Oh okay. Yeah, and he does it really well. And uh Pune said that he grew up in Hawaii and he grew up surrounded by people speaking pigeon and so he wanted to incorporate it into the script. And he said when he talked to Shang Tsung, but when he, he was talking to him, he was like, Hey, can you do pigeon? And he just dropped into it immediately. Kerry Hiroki Tagawa. Kerry Hiroki Tagawa. When he when Pune mentioned it, the guy just immediately started speaking it to him. He was like this is perfect. This guy's exactly what I want. Well, yeah, and, and he's like, in this, he's like cool, but also intimidating in this scene. I wrote down that this this scene's actually really good when he's talking to Alex. I don't even remember what the fuck they were talking about. I don't even care. It was cool because he has this presence and so does Gruner. Gruner has a presence also. Yeah, th- very these, much These so. two guys at working off of each other, it was actually a, probably the best acting scene in the movie for yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. This is, this is a very intense scene and the... What makes it so interesting is that on the surface, this guy is an antagonist. But then as they speak, you start to realize he's not necessarily an antagonist. He's a dangerous character, but he's not he hasn't decided for sure whether to set himself against Alex. Yeah, like he he might shoot him in the face, but he might not. 
He might shoot him in the face. He <laughs> might end up being his friend in the end. Like, you don't know. They walk out of that scene very ambiguously, and that's part of what I like about it. That's part of what makes that scene so compelling. And then eventually they leave. Like, again, like, yeah, that, that's basically that's basically what they talk about. <laughs> that's basically the gist of that conversation. Well, he tells him about the bomb, and that's the point at which they're like, okay, we're getting Oh, oh, yeah, because <laughs> he's like, oh, I have a bomb in here, and then everybody's like, oh, fuck. Oh, I, I think we may have neglected to mention that, that when they reconstructed him after the... Uh, after the Brazil thing. I mentioned the bomb, but I didn't mention the like lights and how he, I do. Well, I guess I mentioned well, that the bomb doesn't, and that doesn't come to the later. bomb in three days. Like, like, Oh, the, okay. So you did, I did mention that. Yeah. So he's, he's got a bomb built into him. That's right. Cause we, we were talking about how it's, it's a, an escape from New York setup. So he, yeah, he mentions the bomb to them and they're like, Oh fuck. Hey, don't be around me when your bomb goes off. <laughs> yeah. He's actually, he literally says something like that. Definitely one of the best scenes of the movie. So now as they're as as those guys are leaving, we get another character cross in the hallway area. Julian and the cyborg guy, they they walk by those guys as they're going and the weird girl and the weird girl, weird girls there. Yeah, she's just kind of always lurking around like Gollum at this point. <laughs> yeah. And she is she moves like Gollum and everything. She does. She has a very crackhead energy about her. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's exactly what she's like. Uh, <laughs> then she then then we hear her talk, and I'm like, oh, she's like a kid. Oh yeah, once she once she actually starts talking, and she she's doing the pigeon too. Yeah, not well. No, but. not as good as <laughs> not as good as the other guy. The other guy, I believed it from her. No, definitely not. She sounds like she's trying to be like Japanese because she keeps on calling him Alexan and all that. I An- got the Angie feeling Alexan. I got the feeling that what happened with her is she was spending time around these guys. Like this is this is this may have even been Pyun's intention with her is that she was spending time around these guys so she's trying to talk like them the way you know a weaker person will sort of try and adapt to fit in with the stronger person they're trying to kind of hide in the shadow of so i don't have a problem with her speaking really bad no no, i'm on board if you're not on board at this point you should probably stop watching like i don't even have to take it as a bad like a like a failure on her part like i can actually see that as being a successful use of use of the bad pigeon on her part because her character that's not her native way of speaking she's just trying to ingratiate herself with this group of dangerous i'm not even going to say criminals but uh certainly subversives so now alex happens to be in the shower because we need we need him to be naked a little bit because hey, he's, he's a sexy guy i'm surprised they didn't have him naked more like if, if i was making a movie with this dude looking the way he looks i would try and get him in as little clothes as possible as often as possible because well, he walks around without a shirt on a lot yeah as he should <laughs> michelle the cyborg guy goes into the shower starts kicking his ass and it's sort of comical <laughs> because michelle gra- just smashes through the glass grabs him right door. from behind and just slams his face into the fucking wall and then his response is like, hey, uh, could you pass a shampoo? You know, something <laughs> yeah, like that. Some, some snarky, some snarky Bruce Willis fucking comment. It's very Bruce Willis. Yes. And then he he has his gun in between these towels. And as as Michelle's like choking him and it looks like, oh, and he's putting like a sensor on him to see how fucking robotic he is. They have these little oxygen detectors or whatever. Yeah, I think it's some sort it's. I don't I don't think it's strictly to see how robotic he is, but it's also to see if he's like being monitored or something. It, yeah, it was something weird. It was because like, later on, like just a uh, like in a minute, Julian tells him you've got a you've got a, a camera tracker in your in your right eye. So it's <laughs> like it, it's it's monitoring how they're tracking him basically. So he puts that thing on him, and as he's getting choked out, he reaches 
<laughs> and that <laughs> eye scene is pretty fucking awesome. Eye, too. Uh, it's pretty good. Like that's Shades of Terminator right there. Yeah, not as good. Of course. No, I mean, you know, but <laughs> they were working with a fraction of the budget. So. Yeah. But I mean, can you imagine what this guy could have done with a blockbuster budget? Oh, God, it would have been insane. He eventually gets the gun and gets 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 away from Michelle and he's pointing the gun at him and he like he like clicks it. He tries to shoot him and it click clicks. And then Michelle goes, it only works if you load it. And he's like, thanks. And then he cocks it back <laughs> real quick. And shoots shoots him. Him. This this movie is an awful lot like Power Rangers because every time some, one of these robots gets like shot, just sparks fly everywhere. It's <laughs> yeah, so oh, fun. There are so many sparks in this movie. It's insane. Yeah. And he's also a cyborg. Of course. Apparently we learn and we learn that Julian now is working with Jared, who may or may not be dead. We're not entirely sure. She uh, she happens to be on a thumb drive here in a minute. But then we get the eye scene. I didn't even know thumb drives were a thing in 92. I don't think it's actually a thumb drive. It looks exactly like like a thumb drive. But I I don't think that's exactly what it is. But that's what I called it because. Yeah, it looks just like a thumb drive. And that's basically that's effectively what it is. And uh, yeah, so like I I don't know if thumb drives were a thing or if that was the, just them in a moment of astounding prescience. I don't even know how to describe this eye thing. She's so he <laughs> he comes out of the bathroom. Michelle's dead, and Julian doesn't give a shit. And she she kind of feels oh that's right she doesn't say anything right off the bat she's like we can't talk right now you have a tr- you have a, a monitoring device in your eye and so she just goes straight into that he's he's like oh what do you have to do cut out my eye she's like no it's gonna hurt way worse than that which it doesn't <laughs> seem like it does when she actually gets down to she, it but she doesn't say that <laughs> what she says is she she goes in she's like this and he goes is gonna sting a little bit and she goes no it's gonna <laughs> hurt like a motherfucker <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> and he's like just do it and just so she sticks this suction cup onto his eyeball and pulls the eyeball out and it's like comes out with this pylon of like technology behind it it's so it's a really good effect this is straight out of paul verhoeven man and then she cuts this little or she like solders this little wire or something something like that yeah and then she shoves it back in and then we cut back to brian james and the mod squad and they're fucking loading up getting ready to yeah fuck some shit up they're not happy about losing the feed and it turns out i wrote down that jared's only mostly dead because i can't not make a princess bride reference i guess <laughs> she still exists inside of the thumb drive thing that's a good thing i guess and that'll that'll be but her body's cool. been destroyed but her body's definitely been destroyed and that's when julian also jams the signal to the bomb in alex's heart she sticks this thing in his arm that looks like a tick almost that crawls under his skin yeah. maybe she just jams it under his skin and it creates these like four little lights on his shoulder or five little lights and she says yeah when the lights all go out the bomb goes off you know, she's like, this is jamming their signal to try and set off the bomb. So this is a this is a moment. There's a moment of humanity here. Alex says, well, why are you helping me? And she's like, I just want to matter. And the thing is, is Julian is a cyborg, right? Or rather, she's an android. Yeah. I'm going to use the correct terminology. Oh, okay. Pune okay. doesn't. But she's an android. So the idea is that like she wants to she has that same desire for to have to have lived a life that has meaning that a human has. I think the idea is that there is this crossover where where some of the androids are becoming human in their own way. Like the, I think someone even says at one point you don't have to have been you don't have to have been born to be human. She's like Rutger Hauer. A little bit. She doesn't get a poignant speech at the end cuz she's going to die in like a minute. Yeah, we we don't get a tears and rain speech out no. of this movie. <laughs> 
No, these, but this isn't that kind of movie. <laughs> these dudes uh, do break in, and this this scene's pretty epic. <laughs> so she this starts, scene is off the chain. These guys bust in through the fucking wall. By the way, she starts blasting the shit out of all these walls and the door, and then eventually these dudes like shoot holes like fucking Dick Tracy villains in <laughs> in the walls. <laughs> It's so comical. It's fantastic. And then Alex is the best part. The best part. (laughs) Alex is in the bathroom, and he does what? What fucking movie was? Did they use this in? I I have no idea, but I want to watch it. Where whatever it is, maybe it was the Fifth Element or something. I can't remember. But suffice to say, it's it's a movie where someone's trapped in a room, and oh oh, it's the Matrix. Is it? They use this in the Matrix. Yeah. Neo, okay. I, I I think it's Neo is is or maybe it's Morpheus or Trinity or something is trapped in a bathroom and in order to get out they they put the guns down at their sides and turn in a circle while blasting a hole in the concrete below them and then fall into the next into the room below. He does this through the entire goddamn building. He's on like the fifth floor and he just blasts his way down all the way through. It's beautiful awesome it is beautiful (laughs) hey man the thing about a low budget is it makes you creative yes and then of course we get the we get the shot up through and if you look carefully you can see that all of the all of the floors are exactly a layer of sheetrock thick because in reality that would never fucking work because of boards and shit you know but, uh, but but it's beautiful. Realism it's beautiful. is out the fucking window here. So who cares? Yeah, this this scene is nuts because those guys blow through the walls like you said, like Dick Tracy villains. And then they have this shootout with Julian, and they're all cyborgs, so they're all blowing each other away, just taking bullet after bullet after bullet, and sparks are everywhere. And she ends up killing both of them before she goes down. And she's taken a fucking hundred shots at this. Yeah. Point. And then the, the dude, I just saw him pop through the window and he's like shooting her. And it's actually kind of sad because there's a lot of impact with the bullets and she's on the ground, like just getting fucking yeah. rocked by all these bullets. And I'm like, Oh, we actually, she became a character for like a minute. We actually liked her. Oh, Julian, Julian goes down hard, man. Like when she, when she goes down and then Brian James just shows up and he, uh, he walks in and basically like she's crawling for a gun. Like her entire lower half is gone at this point. She she doesn't go out without a fight though, man. She's oh man, she's, she's a badass. This woman is metal in more ways than one. Right before that, something uh something funny kind of happens though. Alex manages to get out of the hotel and run into the alley, and he starts going <laughs> one direction, and then the then the LaForce guy is just just happens to be out there, and he just starts shooting at him, and Alex is like fuck that and runs the other way, <laughs> and like it's nothing, it doesn't matter at all. Oh uh, no, it's not it's not the LaForce guy. It it's a different guy. Oh, is it the LaForce guy? When he finds the LaForce guy, he's harassing this old lady out on the street and he's like he's really berating her oh i lied farnsworth is totally there god damn it i knew it i knew it i knew that felt wrong he just wasn't there yet okay sorry (laughs) yeah when he does get there he's the one i believe who performs the oh yeah yeah that's right he shoots her right in the fucking head and it's rough too she's trying so hard to to get him before she goes down well he he digs into her eyes and says something like i'm wiping your memory banks and then she's like or no no he said you what she wiped her own memory banks before he could get to him because he's got like a little sensor they show it later they don't show it at this point he's got a little sensor on his fingertip that i think he digs into her eyes and is looking for like a port or something like that oh that makes way (sighs) more fucking sense yeah and so he basically says ah you wiped your memory banks before i could get to him that's what he fucking shoots her in the head 
Well, before that, even he he does like something where like he finds a like a stray part of her that had fallen off, and he's like stabs her in the guts with it. Yeah, he's a nice guy. You are a shitty cyborg. You were never one of us. Wait, who says that? Farnsworth. <laughs> <laughs> have we learned at this point what the whole did she kind of go into what the point of what they're doing is is that is that their repl- their goal is to replace all the humans with cyborgs I don't remember but yes that eventually becomes uh, that that's eventually brought to light that they're trying to replace all the humans with cyborgs and that they replaced Farnsworth the original Farnsworth was murdered and replaced with a cyborg and that they're a new generation of cyborg that's undetectable with modern scanning equipment which doesn't make sense when he turns into the fucking Terminator at the end but okay whatever hey i'm not gonna nitpick with this movie alex does escape escape (laughs) and he manages to he he plugs jared into a computer so that he can talk to her and her face pops up on the fucking computer screen as when he plugs her into this thing i gotta say i was a little disappointed with the actress who played jared because everybody else in this movie is so compelling and i didn't find her compelling at all like, I would have found it more compelling if, if it had been him and Julian who had the connection. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also uh, the, the thing about Farnsworth being a, being a cyborg comes up in this scene where he's talking to Jared. He's a cell-for-cell cell clone. Yeah, which, again, he sure. he, he's the Terminator later on, so it doesn't, doesn't really add up. But, all right, I'll let you slide on this one, Pune. Albert Pune didn't watch The Terminator before he made this movie. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't just the biggest movie of the previous two years. Another cool fucking stunt. He's in there talking, and the fucking bad guys come, and they start shooting him, and there's more sparks and shit flying. And then he jumps out of the window, like he does a flip out of the fucking window, and then these other three assholes jump out, and then it explodes, and it's awesome. He does not get to rest for a goddamn second this poor guy like from the moment he gets this bomb implanted in his chest he is constant he's like the chosen one he's under constant attack (laughs) he's being like stalked by this weird blonde dude also it's not oh that's um it's not the love that's marion from earlier oh yeah yeah okay it is right okay that's right oh and they kind of they kind of have a face off and i don't actually remember how that one goes down oh no that's right that's (laughs) right it it, it goes down with marion is teamed up with one of the other guys and he sends the other guy in to to kill him knowing exactly what's about to happen oh yeah and he's like enjoying it he's like laughing oh marion's a psychopath dude (laughs) this guy's nuts i love it there are some really great characters oh yeah yeah i wrote down the old lady shoots the shit out of one of the cyborg (laughs) bad guys this woman makes the old lady from the wedding singer look virile and and strong that's how frail this little old lady is and she pulls a fucking desert eagle out of her handbag and she blows she, his head off she shoots him she's just he's on the ground and she's just shooting him and then she's like teach you to fuck with me you fucking cyborgs and then what else does she say oh and then he's laying on the ground and his eyes like twitching around uh, and, he, and he's like <laughs> like he's dying badly streets aren't safe anymore can't even go to the market without meeting some punk <laughs> And then it comes to Alex, who saw the whole thing, and he's like, Shang Lu takes no shit. That is such a great scene. All right, now the cyborg bad guys are coming right after after (laughs) Alex again. And this is where the one gets sent in. He kills that one. Oh, and this guy walks in with, like, this monster gun that would make Jesse Ventura in The Predator cream his jeans. Who's the sexual tyrannosaur now? (laughs) I mean, it is this giant metaphorical dick on a steady cam rig like the you, you know the 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 supporting hydraulic arm to hold the fucking thing up as he walks it through the door it, it looks like a mounted machine gun he's carrying <laughs> yeah it has back straps and shit so. yeah 
And he turns and he walks into the room and Alex just pops out of nowhere and blows his fucking head off. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marion's one. back there laughing his ass off, just waiting for his chance to take a shot at uh, Alex, which he gets. They get into a, like a little fight chase thing, but this is another ridiculous fucking set piece. They're like shooting at each other and then they kind of get into a little fight and then they end up going down this slide thing. Oh, the mudslide. Yes. What the fuck? It looks like that slide at the fair when you yes. were a kid. Yep. That you would put a burlap sack down and then you would go down the slide and and, and it's like wavy. Vroom, 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 all the way down. The, except it's covered in mud. <laughs> it's pretty fucking awesome on the way down they like they managed to get face to face with each other like i think he bumps his head on a thing like the the he, and then sparks fly out and then just his eye his face opens up and then alex like pushes him up and he smacks his head on this on this fucking beam or something and he's stuck there and he like pulls out his gun and he's like sparking <laughs> yeah it's basically the scene from speed yeah is what it yeah. is with with dennis hopper the eye thing pops out which which is a really great effect i, I love that effect and then yeah he gets his head caught in this railing and that's all Alex needs. Yeah, and he's like flailing his gun around, but then Alex is sliding down backwards again, John Woo style, and he's yeah. like shooting this guy. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. And I, I mean, I'm watching it and I'm going, it, th th this is fucking impossible because this slide is going up and down and up and down and up and down. and up. There's no way you'd be able to get a bead on anybody. No, with this, no But way. it doesn't matter. He's He, he just blows the shit out of him. Just once he once he gets to the bottom of the slide there's another dude waiting for him and then he points his gun at him it's click 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 he's out of ammo and then the guy's like you're a very energetic human and alex is just like fuck i'm dead okay and then out of nowhere his head fucking you just like a hole pops in his head and it turns out it's that weird girl who keeps on following him around she saved his ass the golem kid they run off together and now it's just a series of running and cliff jumping and so for a little while they're running together but nobody stops to go, wait, who the fuck are you to this girl? Yeah. He's just he's just like, all right, you saved my life. We got to get the fuck out of here. Let's keep moving until we're safe. And then we'll ask questions. Yeah, she's like, they're coming. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then they run. Turns out she is Max Impact. And she's a tour guide. Is that guy. seriously her yes, name? <laughs> that is her name. <laughs> And she has this, she has this like really sweet innocence about her the whole time. They're walking and Alex does the thing where they're, they're talking and she's like, he's like, how, how do I know I can trust you and all that shit? And she's like, you can scan me if you want. And this is another instance where Alex gets knocked out because he can't fucking stop that. <laughs> yeah. It turns out she's, she's not as on his side as she no. claims. She is working with the hammerheads. I don't know if she's working with them, but she's like, she's working for them. Yeah. Which is the, uh, the Shang Tsung gang. The, yes. His name is Angie. Angie? Yes. Yep. All right. I, Angie, Angie live. You know, uh, uh, credit to Albert Pyun. He saw that the future was going to be gender fluid. I hope he's a nice guy in real life. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> I hope so, too. I just kind of fell in love with him during that interview. You well, know? yeah, I thought he was going to be cringy and weird just because of the movies that he makes. And Oh, no, he's very... He, yeah, he, turns he out so he's clearly a... knows what he's doing. Like, he, he gets where he's playing. He gets the field he's playing on. He knows what he's up to. He doesn't have any delusions or grandeur. He just wants to tell him a good story in a fun way. You know? So as he's trying to scan her, she knocks him out with this weird necklace laser thing. <laughs> yeah. Like she reaches down and hits a clicker on her belt and <laughs> zap and he's out and he's unconscious. He wakes up and he's like chained to this fucking chair. <laughs> Poor guy. Like this I, guy I, I cannot feel catch bad a fucking him. break. Turns out, I think uh, Angie, Angie live is the leader of the hammerheads. And it turns out, so he's kind of a good guy. He's a morally ambiguous character, but he's ultimately 
on the side of saving humanity. He dominates every fucking scene he's he ever does. in. He and absolutely I, does. I love it. And it also turns out that Alex killed uh, Max Max's sister. Yeah, it turns it's out. the girl from the bar. Exactly. From the beginning of the movie. The yeah. one who blew him up. I came for vengeance, terrorist. Then we're, we're in like the, cli- almost the climactic battle here. The bad guys show up and they blow the fucking place. Which is not bits. a short battle. No, it's, uh, what, we're an hour and 10 minutes into the movie. There's 25 minutes left and the battle scene is almost the entire length of that. Yeah, I, I think there's maybe like three minutes that isn't that. It just goes and goes and goes. It's a bummer because Farnsworth ends up killing Angie after torturing him a little bit and saying like, you know, it's fucking over and he's like no somebody else will somebody else will take my place and he's like what if they don't or some shit i don't remember the dialogue i I think he basically said no you're the last there's no one left after you and then he takes the Jared Drive. The the German guy, what's his name? Brian James. Brian James there. I can't remember the character's name. No. Farnsworth like hands him the drive and then Alex literally swings in, grabs the yes, drive from does. him. Like Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's snatches yeah. it out of his hand in midair. He like he's holding it up, gloating, and here comes Alex. Like what happens? I he swings he swings and then he blows up Farnsworth somehow. I don't remember how that how that went down, but suffice to say they swing in and then get the fuck away. Oh, no, that's right. Because... Oh, she um, she shoots him with a magic fucking gigantic gun and blows them exactly. up. Exactly. She's got the PVC gun. Yeah. And she blows up Brian James and thinks she's blown up Farnsworth as well. But it turns out she has not. No, he's just he's just cyborg unconscious. But they literally think that at this point they've won. He actually says, Max, we've won. It's over. And she's like, it's not fucking finished. And I was kind of like, well, all right. I mean... They blew them both up. This is sort of anticlimactic for this movie. I expected a little more. (laughs) But yeah, I guess you could end it here. No, we still have 20 minutes of (laughs) fights, explosions, and stop motion animation. This this next action sequence is the most banana pants of all. And uh, yeah, I, I had called it too soon. That's all I'll say on the matter. Yeah, yeah. So they Max says we have to we have to go meet Yoshiro, who is chosen the chosen guy. That's his character's name. Oh, oh, uh, okay. They have to go meet him at the volcano, which is where they're going to escape from. More explosions. They're just running, and things are exploding, and Farnsworth is going to chase them. So apparently, the trade off was supposed to take place at the volcano field. Yes. Yes. Okay. Which is a another great. I mean, set piece is the wrong word for it, uh, but location, like visually. It's pretty cool. Alex just suicide dives out of a window with Max on his fucking shoulder. Oh, like yeah, that's right. He just jumps I'm, out. and It's amazing that she survived that. She should not have survived that jump. And there's there's because <laughs> he lands like shoulder first on top of her. There's zip lining. They're running through people's houses. Does and... he zip line with her unconscious? Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're running through. They're running through these these poor these poor, poor people's houses that like it's like it's a shanty town or something yep. like that. And they are just barging their way through everyone's. And these these locals are just like standing back against the wall, hands up, like, please don't kill me. I'm glad none of them get killed because that's this kind of movie where that kind of shit would happen. That's the Paul Verhoeven version. Now they're in the woods. And I said, now it's Rambo because <laughs> yeah. Alex fucking just swings in from a tree and kills this fucking guy. <laughs> just, yeah, it's fine. 
Just yep. out of nowhere. He swings in, kicks him, more sparks, Power Ranger shit. Like, there's only so much we can say about these sequences because they are just straight action sequences. There's no dialogue. There's no information being revealed. It's just survival action and running from scene to scene. But they go on for a really long time. Like, like this is a long sequence, this sequence in the woods. Yeah, or woods is maybe the wrong... Woods. Jungle. Yeah, jungle, exactly. Yeah. Jungle. Yeah. Woods gives you the wrong impression. This jungle sequence. Farnsworth ends up catching up to them because they're 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 kind of like tired and they're sitting there and <laughs> they've he, been running for yeah. fucking an hour at this point, probably. They uh he does his villain monologue. Is that after he like blows him into that ditch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he shoots he shoots some kind of explosive at them and they fly into this ditch. Have they already gone down the waterfall? Oh yeah, they did because that was They're before. going to do it again. Yeah. They, but they did the first one. Yeah. He blows them into this ditch and Alex is covered up by foliage, but Max is is still visible, but this guy is looking for Alex. Like he doesn't give a shit about Max. He just he just wants to kill Alex, but he can't see him. Oh yeah, cuz he can't Alex can't quite reach his gun, so he like seesaws and he pops it up with that fucking stick. But but while he's trying to reach the gun, Farnsworth worth his monologue yes and it's basically one of those you know like we're the inevitable future of humanity you know blah 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 you're, this you're is trying to you're trying to fight a hopeless cause terminator win. blade runner the matrix you've seen all these movies right yeah except the matrix hadn't come out yet but still <laughs> well, but you have at this point this this monologue has no surprises for you no no but the guy delivering it is over the top and fun yeah he's doing a good he's 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 like I said, this guy is very well cast for this role. I'm not going to say he's the best that's ever been or anything like that, but he's just a rock solid choice for this for this villain monologuing, you know, <laughs> megalomaniacal going to destroy humanity character. He's he's a perfect perfectly solid choice for that. They're getting chased through the water and then they come to that fucking cliff and then they jump off and <laughs> and he's like before they do he's like Give me the gun. She manages to get like a bomb on him of some kind. And just as they jump off the cliff, he fucking explodes. No, 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 no. She hands Alex the gun. And as they jump off the cliff, Alex does a flip so that he's turned around and shoots the gun at Farnsworth from a flip upside down position. Oh, nope. You are right. And and hits him dead center and blows him the fuck up as they're falling. It's beautiful that is a blink and you'll miss it shot too like i just saw it he does the flip and then yeah. it, you think it's like a big epic thing but it's nope it's just like a little poop. the explosion is pretty sweet though yeah the, the explosion part makes sense but you don't you it's like it's like a greedo shooting first it almost didn't happen yeah you you have to <laughs> if you look away you're definitely gonna miss it uh and then he turns into a t-800 because he's not dead he his skin just burnt off i call him a t-800 because he kind of looks like a shitty version of the he terminator absolutely looks like a t-800 yeah and it's beautiful and now they're running through just like a street full of windmills i mean they're making their way to the volcano but he's not following him yet because he's still pulling himself out of the ashes you know but we see him t-800ing his way out of the explosion so we know this isn't quite over and i'm pretty sure they've been running forever i know like it's it not turns from day to night yeah i know it's not snow but it looked like it it's <laughs> ash i imagine yeah i mean they're in a volcano basin they get to the volcano which by the way pune said about this he was like they were having a really hard time doing those running scenes of the volcano because we're at like eight thousand feet or something like that <laughs> and so they're having trouble just breathing even for as good a shape as this guy's in oh he's got his shirt off again by the way as he should this man has an incredible body show it off i'm 100 percent for it give the people what they want <laughs> so they, they make it to the plane and max gets into the gets into the cockpit and then 
Chosen looks at Alex and goes, get in the fucking cargo bay. Very dismissively. Yeah, he's not He's not his friend right now. No. I was like, why are you even here? Get the fuck out of here. You are cutting into the sexy time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something <laughs> from this little girl. Okay, l- l- let's be clear. She's very clearly she's an above adult. the age yeah. of consent. She, 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 she's not a, she's not a high schooler. In and you this. know what? Who knows what the age of consent is going to be in 2027? <laughs> she looks to be in her 20s. If Ted Nugent and Kip Winger have their way, then... oh my god. <laughs> Let's talk about robot fighting. All right, let's as, talk about it. As they fly away, Farnsworth like hooks himself on to the fucking bottom of the plane, and he's he's hanging there. Oh yeah, he he comes running yeah. off of like this ledge and and like leap grabs as a T eight hundred onto the bottom of this plane, and this effect does not look good. No, you know what? It looks amazing. The compositing of that plane against the background looks very rough. Oh no, that looks terrible, and it totally works for what this is. You ju- you just kind of have to accept it and be on board for it. If you're not, I don't know how you made it this far into the movie. Quite honestly, <laughs> you're you are not. Yeah, no, you but, are you are on a date trying to impress the guy you like <laughs> right now. But okay, this is definitely the most egregious example in this entire movie. You know what? You're on a date, and you're never gonna have a second one with this dude. That's that's <laughs> what it is. That that's closer to it. This is the kind of shit I'd show people on a first date. It's like, can you handle this shit? Because <laughs> this is at least half of what I watch. I wouldn't open with this. It's all like this. I definitely want to watch a lot of stuff like this, but I'm not married to like you have to watch this with me. There are movies that are deal breakers, like The Big Lebowski. If someone is not on board with The Big Lebowski, I have nothing further to say. Like we may as well just go our separate ways at that point. But yeah, this. If you're not into this, I can watch this by myself or I can hang out with you and watch it. Like I don't I don't have to share everything with and with a significant other. If they're into this, it's probably that that, that young lady's probably very weird. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> it's a point in your favor if we're if we're on a date and you're like I fucking love Nemesis. I'm like, "Oh, all right, cool." Cool. cool. We can let's watch Nemesis and then we can watch Bloodsport afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do a, let's just do a Nemesis marathon. One through four. And then in the fantasy world where Cyborg Nemesis comes out and it's fucking great. Oh my god. So fucking Farnsworth punches his way into the fucking cargo bay to fight Alex in there. And it's this little tiny area that they're having this little thing. And it's stop motion animation on the the skeleton. Well, no. If you look during certain sequences, Alex is stop motion animated too. What the fuck, really? They match him up. And it looks really good because of that. Because in the sequences that are stop motion, they stop motion everything. And then in the sequences that are not stop motion, because like you said, it's a very confined space. So they're able to get away with fudging that, you know, like keeping part of him off screen. And then... And just sort of puppeteering the action it's all done live and so it ends up being a great looking sequence the plane taking off scene aside the effects <laughs> during this sequence are really good the stop motion at that time that was their that was the only option they really had and it came out looking really good even shitty stop motion animation still kind of looks cool i think it's got a fun look to it, yeah. but it doesn't always look good. And in this case, I think it really does look good. I said cool, not good. Yeah, it's always fun. It's always cool, but it's not always good looking. And in this case, I think it is good looking. I think this, it's not on the level of like Ray Harryhausen's best work, but it's on the level of the best of low budget stop motion animation. In the midst of the fight, the Farnsworth is like latched onto Alex's hand and he's he fell through the hole, but Alex is like holding on and his face gets caught on the fucking sharp metal bits from the oh, hole. Oh yeah, that that looks <laughs> really nasty. I was watching that like, 
how the fuck is he not dead? And then it rips the entire top of his fucking head off. And it turns out he's got a robot head. He's approaching the 100% mark. Wait, I think the only thing left is his brain at this point. Earlier in the movie, he gets shot and he looks at his arm and goes, that's another 5%. <laughs> I forgot that part. That was pretty funny. I, I really do, though. I Like, I think at this point, what we're supposed to believe is that it's just his brain that's left. You know, maybe. No, I don't even think his heart. I think it's just his brain. In like two seconds, he's going to lose his arm, too. If they're, if it was ever, yep. if it was human, it's not anymore. Yep. Because the dude's like hanging there and they're right over the volcano. And he, he gets a line, too, but I can't remember what the line was. You belong to us. We own you. We paid for every part of you. He says, then take it. It's yours anyway. That's, that's <laughs> what it was. And he, he fucking... And then his drops arm falls him off. into the volcano. <laughs> he, he doesn't drop him. His arm falls yeah, off. His arm just he falls rips off. And he falls into the volcano. It's beautiful. That was a great line. That was an action line. That was that was a pure action line. That was a Schwarzenegger line, is what that was. And then at the end, they end up at the Marshall Islands to get Jared implanted into an actual computer by Rorschach. Yeah. And Jackie Earl Haley is just great in this scene. Has um, he looked like that for like ever or what? Apparently. He looks the same. Pune said something about him being in the Bad News Bears, which I've never seen the Bad yeah, News yeah, Bears. Yeah, he plays, he plays one of the kids. How old was he? Just a kid. Okay, so he actually was a kid in the Bad News. Because I'm like, he was a kid this at dude one point, looks yeah. fucking leathery. Like, <laughs> like... If he was in the Bad News Bears, he can't be older than like 25 in this, right? No, he yeah, he's one of those guys that just kind of looked old forever. So he's just going to yeah. look good until like he's 90. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like he's he's really aged into his face, you know, like he he's just he's got a great look and apparently has always had a great look. And, and he's so clearly a great actor, even in this tiny sequence. Yeah, this must have been like an earlier like him trying to break away from that. I was in a kid movie. Yeah thing no pewn actually he sees he says that he's like yeah he was kind of trying to get away from having been in the bad news bears oh, and there you go get into some new stuff <laughs> i did, I did sort not of get, redefine himself i didn't make it that part of the interview i just <laughs> i just know how this shit works look at me go so the sad bit about this scene is that once they upload jared to whatever they're uploading her to she will essentially die like her consciousness won't exist anymore it's just it'll just be her memories yeah she's, that she's actually makes this scene a lot sadder for me <laughs> because she has a goodbye moment with him and he's mm-hmm. and his his response is get me the hell out get of me here. out of here and well, i'm she, like motherfucker that is cold-blooded he did the same thing with his dog yeah that's true but yeah she's like are you crying and he doesn't say anything and she's like see you are human and his, fa- his face by the way is all wrapped up so we can't actually see his face we can literally only see his mouth and nose and then he's like yeah get me the fuck out of here i'm like dude yeah that's fucked up like you couldn't say goodbye this like i realize that the relationship was strained but that's fucking that's hard man that is some leathery shit. And also Farnsworth left a an audio or a letter for him. Yeah, the real Farnsworth. The real Farnsworth, yes. And so we get this moment of where we get a glimpse at the real Farnsworth because in reality we haven't seen the real Farnsworth for this entire movie. No, and it turns out he's he was on the side of the humans not fighting with the fucking cyborgs and he, you know, tried to trying to keep them from taking over the world. So it turns out that uh Alex was being manipulated by this bogus Farnsworth even from before the movie started. Yeah, isn't that nice? Because the real Farnsworth had had been on the the trail of what was going on already. Guess what? Can't trust anybody. Yeah. It makes it sort of a tragedy. I mean, it's it's kind of a melancholy ending. It's not over yet. One more scene. That's right. Six months later, because they can't just not... (laughs) (laughs) like this movie ends so many this is like return of the king it just keeps ending (laughs) it does oh my god so he ends up 
He's on the roof. And is this the guy from the the guy with the open up? No, he killed that guy. No, this is the other guy. Remember, there were oh, three yeah. guys in the, At in the, the jail. jail. Yeah. yeah. This is the guy. I'm pretty sure. He called him gay earlier. I'm pretty sure this <laughs> is the guy who plays the neighbor in Christmas Vacation. I'm not 100% on oh. that, but I'm pretty sure that's who it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that might be it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's up there on the roof, and I don't even remember what they're fucking talking about at this point. They just kind of face each other down. And it's this awesome shadowy shot on this roof. It's very neo-noir. Yeah, it's again. pretty we're, cool. We're back to the beginning of the film. There's many of us. More than you can terminate. Then he looks at him, he picks, he holds up his gun, and then he's like, but I've been doing a pretty... I've been doing a pretty damn good job of it. This guy's Nicholas Guest. I think he might be related to Chris Guest oh, because cool. I had the thought while I was watching it. This guy looks like Christopher Guest. Oh, <laughs> that's But funny. I knew yeah. it wasn't Christopher Guest because I know it. Sure enough, it is the fucking neighbor from Christmas Vacation. You know, the the douchebag yuppie couple. The other one's played oh, yeah, by yeah. Uh, Julia Louise Julia Dreyfus. Julia Louise Dreyfus, yeah. Oop, and then we get another callback to that same scene when apparently he pulled out a gun on the guy and didn't use it. And then he made the, if you pull it, use it after he shoots Jermaine on the roof and sparks again because he's a robot. He goes, when I pull it. I use it. Well, he doesn't just say it. He says, you see, see Germain. <laughs> yeah. When I pull it, I use it. And then apparently it took him six months to read the letter from Farnsworth because now he's sitting yeah. there reading the fucking another, letter from Farnsworth. Another fucking time <laughs> jump. Um, and then Max Impact is like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go. It's time to go. And she's all like bouncy and perky and they don't have like a love story or anything. Thank fucking God. Yeah, that's, I'm definitely in favor of that not happening. That's this a, should be a Wolverine Jubilee situation. <laughs> yes. So they're gonna go to New York, I guess. That's... That's what they decide on. Yeah. They have to go back to the beginning. I'm very curious how Nemesis 2 picks up. So now 40 I... years later, and then they time travel. So are Alex you, is... Are Alex, you serious? Yeah, Alex isn't in it, but his daughter is, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. All the, right. The buff chick is his daughter. Oh, all right. Who is also named Alex. I'm cool with that. I don't know what the situation was, whether Olivier didn't want to come back for it, because it seemed like from the way Pune talks about it, like maybe Olivier didn't feel like he was treated right in... Not not necessarily during the filmmaking, but well, maybe during the filmmaking, like Pune kind of says, like, I wanted it to go in this certain direction. I wanted him to to get more lean more into the acting side of it. And he was pushing really hard for the physicality because he said, I don't think that he felt comfortable with his acting. This this is what I was saying earlier. And so I think maybe Olivier walked away from it going, yeah, I don't think that was the experience I wanted to uh I wanted it to be. Well, it's a bummer because he's a pretty decent actor, man, with a little bit yeah, more. It's it's yeah. really too bad because this is a solid movie. This is a bucket of fun. And he was great in it. I really enjoyed watching him in it. I would have loved to have seen him come back for a sequel. But, you know, my understanding is that uh, the gal who takes over is is pretty good. As the two Max and Alex are walking away, there's somebody off screen that we don't see. And they say, they say, should we take them out now? And then a woman goes, why not? Or yeah. the opposite. One of the, yeah. That was a strange choice to end it because I was like, wait, what? Maybe they'll explain it in Nemesis 2. This could also be the situation where, because during the editing process, they basically didn't let Pyun do anything. They let him do a rough cut from what he says again in the, I'm going back to the interview. This producer was over his shoulder the entire time he was doing the rough cut going, come on, get it done. You got to get this done. Come on, hurry up. We need this done yesterday. Hurry it the fuck up. And this is just a rough cut. So he's, he's trying to put together this rough cut and then he gets to the end and the producer says, well, all right, that was your cut. You need to leave now. It's $2 million. The budget is too much. Stop fucking with these filmmakers. So suffice to say, Pyun was not satisfied with the way the film was put together. Yeah, no shit. Suffice to say, I have a feeling that that final line was probably put in 
during that re-edit. There is an alternate ending, apparently. Well, there is that alternate cut. It's not a cut that was done by Pune, but I do think that he said that the recut was closer to what he originally wanted. It wasn't what he originally wanted, but I think he said it was closer to what he originally wanted. So I'm curious to watch the the recut too. If this was the version he was very dissatisfied with, I'd love to see the version he was satisfied with because I really liked this. I thought this was a lot of fun. So that's Nemesis. I'm glad I picked this movie. It was one of those where I'm just like, dude, we haven't watched this yet. Let's just fucking... I'm glad you picked this too because it's one of those that I was going to need an excuse to watch because, you know, it's like, it's like, straight to video action it's something i enjoy when i watch it but i always kind of feel the need to be sharing it with somebody like it's it's tough for me to sit down and watch it alone not knowing that i'm gonna yeah know, with like talk with to no you purpose it it's kind of hard sometimes. yeah yeah and so i have trouble justifying it i'm like well maybe i should be watching this other movie instead i'm really glad we did this because now i i really do want to sit down and watch two three and four yeah, I'm going to go watch Angel Town. I'm psyched. This is going to be could fun. Definitely, I could definitely uh, see digging on some of that, too. Any final thoughts before we disappear? If you like sci-fi action that's heavy on the action, this is some good stuff, man. It It's B-movies. It It's solidly in the B-movie category. There's no question about this, but it embraces it. It does it fun. It keeps the action going. There's a ton of faces you'll recognize. It's more than I had hoped for. The cast is great. The stunts are fucking crazy. This is one. This is definitely one to watch. I recommend it. Go buy the MVD version and then be super weirded out when you watch it with subtitles and there's supposed to be a woman (laughs) narrating things. I recommend it too with the caveat. If it sounds like something you'd be into. This is not a movie for everybody. This is not a movie for the can't stand watching an asylum movie crowd. This is not a movie for the I only watch Criterion's crowd. This is not a movie for that dude who wrote the review of Nazi Overlord on Amazon and had clearly watched 100 asylum movies and hated every single one of them. Yeah, not for that guy. This is not for that crowd. If all you watch is Kurosawa and Truffaut, This is probably not the movie for you. So if you've listened to this and you think this is up your alley, it probably is. If you've listened to this and you think that sounds fucking idiotic, you're not going to have fun watching this. So just stay away. You're also not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It is idiotic. But yeah, it's idiotic in the best way possible. Yeah, I recommend it. Go, Go watch Nemesis. And yes. Then, and then, oh, before we move on to stuff, this is actually really important. Go get HBO Max and watch SLC Punk like a thousand times because I feel like they're gauging our interest to see if anybody gives enough of a shit for them to put out a physical release. So go, go I do might, that. I might subscribe for a month on HBO Max and just do exactly that. Like just put it on. I'm going to do even that. when I'm not even when I'm not watching it. Like I'll watch it, no question. But I'll also just put it on and then go do something else because that's a movie. Much like this movie, way different, but in the, in the same vein, it just needs it needs to be seen. You won't regret it if you haven't seen SLC Punk and you like good movies. And I don't mean I don't mean if Nemesis sounded right for you. I mean if you like <laughs> quality filmmaking. SLC Punk is quality filmmaking. I genuinely believe it should be in the Criterion Collection. It's a quality film. That also means that an episode on our end will have to come soon. Yeah, that way. I I think yeah. that's justified not next week though no because you know what's happening next week i'm going to torture the rev again and we're going to do a little movie called get over it oh fuck that's right (laughs) not next week in a couple weeks i keep forgetting when we release this fucking piece of shit two weeks every two weeks it'll be great i'm very excited i like this movie a lot hey you know what also terrible ben foster i'm never 
disinterested in what he's doing, even early in his career mm-hmm. like this. So Ben Foster, Kirsten Dunst. I'm 100% willing. You're not dragging me into this kicking and screaming. Colin I'm... Hanks, Martin Short, Cisco. Oh, fuck. That's right. Cisco is in this. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was just cataloging the copy I bought the other day, too, and looking at the cover going, fucking Cisco? Vitamin C. Vitamin C is there. She's in it, too? She is in it. Yes. I forgot about that completely. Lip syncing to a Captain and Tennille song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Zoe Zeldana's there? What? Yeah. You're blowing my fucking mind here. (laughs) You're going to, it's going to be fun. Oh, my God. I promise. I promise you. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to find out. We'll find out in two weeks. You, you have my, you have my no honk guarantee. Your no honk guarantee. (laughs) I've been quoting Wayne's World all day long. So. Dude, I don't remember that at all. I'm, it's been a while since I've watched Wayne's World. It's the, when they pick up that, their friend off the side of the road and he's all drunk and shit. And then Garth looks at Wayne and goes, what if he honks in the car? Oh, I wasn't making the connection between honking and honking. <laughs> I, I thought you were like, so you're not going to honk at it as you drive by? What? Uh, when, okay. I was a, when I was a kid, that's exactly what I thought. I've forgotten my Wayne's World slang. It's not the 90s anymore. Anyways, let's get the fuck out of here. Nemesis is awesome. Go watch that shit. Come back in a couple weeks for Get Over It. Come harass us on social media or something. I don't give a shit. Tell us we're all a bunch of fat pieces of shit, but... Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that shit. Because we absolutely are fat pieces of shit. That's That's true. That that would not be inaccurate. Or tell us you love us. Tell us all the facts we get wrong about these fucking movies, because I know there's a lot. That could take hours and pages <laughs> of text i'm i'm willing to have conversations with you fucking people yeah that's right i said you people <laughs> i don't know who you people is but you know everybody who's listening yep. all 12 of you you know you know who you are you pieces of shit speaking of pieces of shit why don't you come be a paid piece of shit or you know you're not paid you're paying us pay us to be, be pe- pieces of shit to be pieces of shit uh at our patreon as of right now we you can hear 2021 the 13th where we talk about all the friday the 13th movies and we're in the middle of a year in the asylum you know what it is at this point talking about all those asylum mockbusters that are ripoffs of bigger more famous movies that people actually want to watch and by the time this drops we will have avengers grim Bound, Nazi Overlord, and I Am Omega ready to listen to on the Patreon. Yay! We're we're, we're doing so good. So give us a dollar. Give us two. We're officially those guys from high school that will do anything for a dollar. (laughs) Provided it's watch an Asylum movie and talk about it for two hours. It's been kind of (laughs) rough. This is is (laughs) not... The franchise I thought it was going to be. I was we 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 came in hot with Avengers Grimm, and it was all downhill from there, man. Yep. So uh, support us because we're gonna need a lot of it at Patreon.com/slash Sharks Across Hollywood, and then also come listen to us fucking suffer through that dumb bullshit. But hey, I think we're done. We're gonna go. Come back in a couple weeks for Get Over It, so we can see how much the rev loves that movie. Until then, stay awesome. <laughs> <laughs>